0: The reason these disturbances they followed you to a new home is because it's not the house that's haunted. It's your son. So, 1100 men went in the war,
1: 316 men came out of the sharks, took the rest June the 29th,
0: 1945. Anyway, we delivered the bomb. Any circumstances say I'll be right back. Because you won't
2: be back. Get another beer, you want one? Yeah, sure. I'll be right back.
3: Ah. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm
4: all out of (laughs) bubble. Oh. My name
0: is
2: Robert Hawkins. Possibly seven hours ago, uh, something attacked the city.
4: Um found this. If you're watching this, then you know more about it than I do. California, stay away from me. Stay away from me. I'm not, I'm not coming here.
5: John Doe has the upper hand. And
0: on that day, Ahab will go to his grave, but he'll rise again within the hour. He will rise and beckon Then all, all save one, shall follow. Daryl will laugh at you. Daryl gonna laugh at you. Daryl did going laugh. At you.
5: Hello, welcome once again to Dark Discussions, your place for the discussion of horror film, fiction, and all that's fantastic. I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A., and with me in the state of Michigan. This is Eric. Hey, Eric, how are you? I am well. Excellent. And in the state of New York? Hi, this is Mike. Mike, how are you? I am fine, Phil. How are you? Doing good. Uh, The Connecticut American... This is Chrissy. Chrissy, how are you? Good, thank you. Very good. Excellent. And in the Commonwealth of Virginia?
4: Hey, this is Barrett.
5: Barrett, how are you, sir? Good. And in the state of Missouri?
3: Hi, this is Kevin. Kevin, how are you? Uh, fine. A little sick and tired of uh, tornado sirens, but other than that, fine.
5: Indeed, indeed. So, all right, so uh, for folks who are new to the podcast or just found, stumbled upon us and don't know anything about us, uh, we are part of the Dark Discussions News Network, which is www.darkdiscussions.com uh, The Dark Discussions podcast itself is the first podcast uh, that created the network. Uh, it's been around for about 12 years. Uh, we are um, one of many podcasts on the network, and you can go to the website and you'll find all sorts of things, including articles and whatnot. Uh, our email is at aol.com. And you can also press contact us on the menu on darkdiscussions.com, which will open up a uh, box to fill, and it will be an email directly sent to us. Uh, We will read your email on the podcast if you have anything of note that you would like to talk about, like uh, thoughts about us, about the podcast, about a movie you saw, about the movie we're going to talk about tonight, about a movie we talked about in the past. Or any movie, for
2: that a matter. A movie you any, just thought you saw, but it was all in your head.
5: Yeah. Or uh, any news that you wanted to talk about. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of news uh, out there about genre stuff, because we are a podcast that talks about all sorts of things, such as horror, sci-fi, fantasy, thrillers, techno, thrillers, mysteries, grindhouse, art house, midnight movies, foreign films, uh, drive-in theater, and the like. Basically, we try to talk intelligently about a genre. That deserves intelligence. Uh, for f- folks who are curious, uh, today that we're recording this is May nineteenth, twenty twenty-two. Uh, because some of our listeners are curious, such as the listener Pam. Because sometimes these episodes do not come out immediately after uh, they are recorded. Sometimes it's a, w- a month or even longer. Um, so Eric uh, on darkdiscussions.com, dot uh, com. What else can people find on that website?
1: People can find on every page Uh, the Patreon badge, which will lead you to our Patreon account, which is how you can financially contribute to help support the podcast. Producing this show is not free. Uh, We have to pay, and by we, I mean Phil, (laughs) for uh, web servers and computer equipment uh, and movie rentals and tickets and software and all that stuff. So if you'd like to help offset the cost of producing this show, that's how you can do it. You can go to patreon.com slash dark discussions or you can follow the Patreon badge on any page of darkdiscussions.com.
5: All right, sounds good. Uh, So that's pretty much uh, who we are and the house cleaning and whatnot. Uh, If we have time at the end of the episode, we'll discuss what we've been watching, as well as any uh, news we wanted to bring up. And uh, that's pretty much all we got there. So uh, with all that stated, Eric, what are we going to discuss tonight?
1: Tonight, we are talking about the 2022 release which as far as I am aware is streaming exclusively on the Shudder streaming service called The Twin.
5: The twin is a 2022 film. Uh, as Eric mentioned, you can find it on the streaming service Shutter, which is owned by uh, the American Movie Classics and uh, that large conglomerate. Uh, the film is directed by tanelli Mustonen uh, of Finland, and the screenplay is by Tinelli Mustonen as well as Alexi Hivarnen and uh, Alexi Hivarnen also produced the film. Uh the film is uh for starring roles of Teresa Palmer and Stephen Cree. Uh Teresa Palmer and Stephen Cree are uh two of the lead actors and actress of uh the television series um A Discovery of Witches, which just wrapped up uh earlier this year. Uh also starring in the film is Barbara Madden Um, uh, she's uh, fairly well-known over in uh, the UK. Uh, The film also has uh, dozens of Finnish people as well and is actually um, from Finland. It is a Finnish film, even if it stars uh, two people who are pretending they're Americans because one of them, Teresa Palma, is actually Australian and Mr. Cree, Stephen Cree, is actually Scottish. Uh, So the film is uh, all European uh, except for Teresa Palmer, who is Australian, all
2: so right, is that sort so, of like Mel Gibson, who's actually American but pretends he's Australian? Uh yeah. Well, the difference is that Teresa Palmer uh,
5: was born and, and grew up there, while Mel Gibson was born here and then, then grew up over there. So he, he's a little, they're kind of a little different, kind of a little different. But yeah, yeah he's a little yeah. different, all right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um yes yes he's an academy award winning uh director um, that too yes <laughs> anyway no, uh that's back what referring to yeah <laughs> i'm trying to avoid these these controversial topics all right so uh actually uh, the film was actually uh was also filmed in estonia as well which kind of makes sense because both finland and estonia are are similar languages uh they're the two nations in Europe that have a a language that kind of are sort of alike, and it's not Slavic or Scandinavian. So it's kind of interesting. uh, So it makes sense that they would have a crew from both in film in both areas if it is Finnish folk. All right. So uh, we get into uh, how we heard about this film and uh, what we thought about it. And uh, I guess I'll start. I haven't started for a while. Uh, Basically, I heard about this film because – Teresa Palmer and Stephen Cree were talking about it uh, during a little documentary about A Discovery of Witches and how that they will uh, be, um, I guess, uh, doing a film together. And that Stephen Cree's character who pined over Teresa Palmer's character in A Discovery of Witches but would never get together with her, uh, they made the joke about, finally, we're going to be married in a film network that's coming out. And sure enough, uh, that film was called The Twin, and it came out uh, just a, couple, a week ago or so. Um, so I saw this film uh, this morning uh, before work, and um, it's uh, a 98% awesome film. Uh, I <laughs> love this film. It's very atmospheric. It was scary. It had everything I would want in a horror film and then the ending unfortunately had a trope that um is done probably a little too much it may have been cool you know 20 30 40 years ago when it was first done but here um i felt it was unfortunate um as and it made me a little bummed uh however uh the film is a still high recommend um and uh could easily be a top 10 horror film of the year for me because otherwise uh the film was was almost perfect i felt uh, another another great film three films in a row that we've we've uh reviewed the cursed the cellar and the twin all three uh really good uh horror films uh versus well, earlier this year when we did some pretty bad films such as
1: well, Q1 is always rough.
5: Yeah, yeah, the scary of 60,
2: whatever. Yeah, and, and you keep giving it free advertising.
0: Yeah,
5: yeah, I shouldn't. You're just anyway, going to get people
2: uh, saying, well, i got to find out if it's really this bad. Yeah.
4: It is. Yeah. But they're not right. going to
2: believe you. You're going <laughs> to give them hits. Yeah. And that's their fault. That's your fault. You're giving them ants. Stop saying hey, that. Hey, hey, we're warning.
5: You know, it's like you, you tell the kid not to do it and they do it anyway because, oh, they said not to do it. So I'll go do it. And
2: that's why you don't uh, tell kids not to do things. You just do right, well, find out let, the hard way. All right.
5: All right. The joke's over. Let's move on. All right. So, uh, Eric, uh, <laughs> yeah. y- what, your thoughts and how did you hear about this
0: film? Uh,
1: I heard about it because uh, Christy recommended it last week. And uh, I agree with, with a lot of the stuff that Phil said. Um, I thought that this movie looks fantastic. Uh, Teresa Palmer was quite good in it. Um, But uh, the ruin, the the ending really just kind of ruined it for me as, as opposed to Phil, who's willing to let it slide. Um, I don't mind that trope, the trope he's referring to. Uh, I don't have a problem with it as long as it's done well. I don't think it's done well here. Um, so for me, it was like I was like all the filmmakers cared about is hiding the twist from you. And then when they finally reveal the twist to you, the, what they're actually revealing is that the rest of the movie was a waste of your time. Uh, so <laughs> um, it really was like a slap in the face to me um, that they took that particular turn so late in the movie. Um, I actually find it kind of offensive Um, so, um, there's some good filmmaking skill on display here, but ultimately, um, that twist at the end just totally rubbed me the wrong way and, and, and
4: spoiled the film
1: for me. All
5: right. Sounds good. Uh, let's go with you, Barrett.
4: Yeah, I pretty much feel similar to Phil here. Um, I really, really enjoyed the film. Um, I I like folk horror and this had a lot of that. And then the ending of the film really just perplexed me. Um, I mean, I understood it, but I didn't understand why they went that route because uh, it kind of ruins a lot of the tension for me. Um, so, yeah, it was probably about 95% good, and then the ending killed it for me.
2: All right, so that's good. Uh, Mike? Yeah, well, first of all, I think I might have to revise it, uh, my opinion of the film. I think I might like it a little bit more now that I know it, it, uh, it slapped Eric. Uh, I appreciate that. <laughs> but um, no, I, I, I was kind of digging it. Um, just reading the, t- from the title and the, the blurb on the film, I didn't watch a trailer or anything. I kind of thought it was going to be a kind of movie. And then it turned out it was not that kind of movie. And then, no, no, it really turned out to be that kind of movie. I thought it was going to be in the first place. Um, and in case you missed it, they spend the last, uh, and I disagree with you, it wasn't the last 98, like last 2% of the film. It was like the last 20 minutes of the film, giving you the most exposition I think I've seen since Dorothy landed in Oz. Um, it, it's It just over-explained it, and I don't know that it was really earned. There's a lot of stuff that's well-made up till then. I think the performances are fine. A lot of really good, moody, atmospheric stuff. I don't feel the twist was earned. I think that last act was a disaster the first two-thirds i liked a lot so i'm not really sure yeah i'm I'm probably giving it a thumbs down but it's a marginal thumbs down because i liked everything else that came but um i think there is also a lot there that is in the crafting of it that i could recommend i think just the, the the screenplay at the end lets it down but i could also be missing some things but we'll talk about that later
5: Alright, sounds good.
2: Uh, let's go with you, Mr. Letz.
3: Yeah, this was I I knew about this film. I might have actually told Phil about it, even though he already knew about it. Uh, while before it was even on Shutter, I think I knew it I think I knew about it a couple months ago just because I Either because they mentioned the twin was coming or something, but I happened to stumble on it and says, Oh, hey, Hunter Phil knows about this. And of course, since it's Teresa Palmer, he did. Uh, the movie was good at, at pretty much until like the last 15 minutes. I'm thinking to myself, Hey, you know, I probably could watch this again, which is kind of rare for a lot of these movies recently. But then at the end of the movie, I thought. Uh, no, one and done. But I I did enjoy it. I think I, I don't think the last few the the ending of the movie bothered me as much as the rest of my uh, cohorts here. Um, maybe maybe just because I'm not used to that type of ending. I've only seen it like once or twice, and you know maybe I just because my my lack of of exposure uh, to some of these movies. I it didn't bother me as much.
5: All right. Well, it bothered you enough that it's you're one and done, right? All right. So let's go to Chrissy.
6: Um, I really liked this film a lot. Um, I would agree with Phil. Um, but it didn't bum me out. I, I cer okay, let's put it this way. I kind of figured out what the end was gonna be when I started watching this. I was ready for it because I'm not going to do any spoilers right now, but there are certain things that the movie did that I went, Oh, I know what this ending is going to be. Um, so I was prepared for it. So it didn't really bum me out. Um, but I also thought that although it was a tropey thing, I'm trying, I'm sorry, I'm slowing down because I'm trying not to spoil anything. um, Although it was a tropey thing, it was one of the better portraits of maddening grief in that particular situation that I have seen done with that trope. In terms of the depiction of that, um, I thought it went to a place that was relatively accurate and spot on with regard to that kind of driven over the edge type of thing. Um, And maybe that's just because I've experienced some of what she had experienced. And so I could relate to it a little better. So that was more of a personal thing, but I could also understand why people would hate this ending. Like, I totally get that. There's like, it's, it's not, I mean, I think for me it was more of a personal choice. Um, But what I did love about this movie is that it was really strong in the symbolism. I loved that it didn't exactly know what genre it wanted to be. I thought that actually worked for it because as you went along with the ride, you were like, okay, wait, I thought this was a ghost story. Now it's like folk horror. Now we have some like possession thing going on. And maybe that, you know, so... Yes, it kind of hit a bunch of different um, genres. And there's a point I'll talk about later um, where, you know, it really could have been a mess in terms of keeping things clear because not only were they jumping from like genre to genre, but they were also sort of cross blending that, like they were blending these things that are normally paradoxical. And that could be a real mess. And I was very impressed that I wasn't confused or lost or like, that doesn't make sense. Like, I I was able to follow it. And so I was impressed with that. Um, I did think that all of the shot, the little turns and twists were actually pretty well justified, but they were really subtle. Like, I had to watch this movie twice to kind of go through and and figure out where they had planted those. And I thought the acting was excellent. So like phil i mean i think this is one of the better movies i've seen so far this year and i would recommend it i liked it a lot but like i said i do understand why people would get to that end ending and be like oh my god seriously like i totally get why people would not like it so it's it's fine
5: all right sounds good sounds good so uh
2: Uh, Possibly a great almost, Um, but uh, we'll uh, get into further things and discuss. Well, I think Chrissy's right on point that a lot of it's going to be personal, which it is for every film, right? So this is staying the obvious. It's going to be personal taste, but this either kind of thing is going to work for you or it is not going to work for you.
6: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I would agree with that. So some
2: people might end up liking the ending and some people might end up hating the ending. And this is why we're here. that's why I call it a great almost, because
5: if they had different, a different ending based off of the first 95% of the film, they, it could have been a great almost. But anyway, go on, Mike. What are you saying?
2: Well, but it depends on, on – some people will be a great but, film, and some people will be a no, yeah, great I, a I, miss, and some people will be a, this film pissed me the fuck off. I, I think you <laughs> to me. My point was is that if they had gone with a different
5: ending based off of the first 95%, which I think everybody agreed would be awesome, or at least the first two acts – the third act, if they did something different, it wouldn't have just
2: been a great film to a portion of the audience. I think it would be a great film to everybody. Well, but then it, you might lose the people who preferred the, the original ending, right? That might have been more in line with what their tastes are. So it really depends. Like I said, I, just from the title of it, um, I kind of yeah. had a feeling, and the description well, of it, I kind of had a right. feeling where they well, were going. All right. Well, let, let's get into all that after we get to the wiki. Uh, Eric, uh, do we have a wiki?
0: Wiki, wiki.
1: A mother who needs to confront the unbearable truth about her surviving twin son.
6: All right,
5: that sounds good. That's That's it.
6: it. I preferred the shutter description better, actually. The one that they had up on shutter, I thought that was a better.
5: And and do you have that on you? You can read it.
6: Um. Yeah, I can grab that. Um, I think I have it right here, actually. That I was actually surprised that, Eric, that that's the wiki, but I guess they don't get them all from the same place. Um, all right. Oh, boy, where is it? on oh, my li- Oh, there it is. Okay, yeah. so the description. Disc- yep. Got it. The disc- you-, go ahead. you got it? No, go
5: ahead. Okay, so you don't have it up yet? All right, then I'll, I'll read it if you don't have it up.
6: No, I have it. Um, Go ahead, please. In the aftermath of a tragic accident, Rachel and her husband, Anthony, decide to move to the other side of the world to focus on their surviving twin um, son, Elliot. Uh, What begins as a time of healing and isolation in the Scandinavian countryside, uh, this is longer than – when you actually play the movie, they have a shortened version of that, and it's basically like it's a fight for their son's soul. And it was just very simple. It was one line. It was like in the aftermath of a tragic accident, Rachel yeah. and her husband Anthony move across the world um, d- d- only to find that they're in a desperate struggle for their son's soul or something. And I know
4: yeah, I that's that. almost perfect. <laughs> I think that's yeah. exactly what it said. I liked it, too.
6: Yeah, I liked it. I just thought, oh, I. And then when Eric read the wiki, I was surprised because I was like, oh, that's not what they had on the shutter thing. I mean, that what Eric read is good too, but I was just like, that's not the same. All
5: right. um, yeah, so so it's a. Uh, uh, that, what you read, Chrissy, uh, does fill in a little more, so that works out well. Uh, so uh, for folks who are new to the podcast, uh, we don't just review the film; uh, we hear also. Critique and dissect the film so we 're going to talk about spoilers because we'll talk about all sorts of things like specific scenes, what the the writer and director were trying to uh, tell us uh, symbolisms uh. Various things like that, so uh, that's what we do here at the Dark Discussions Podcast, so at a certain point, we'll throw up a spoiler alert, and you will be notified when we do throw up the spoiler alert, but before we usually do that, we get into just general topics, uh, general topics before we do throw the spoiler alert, which could be anything from uh, our opinion of of the acting to uh, Scandinavian films to whatever, you know, so all all sorts of things. Um, So uh, I'll I'll start, uh, bring it up here, Uh, so yeah... um, Uh, Barrett texted me yesterday saying, I want to hear what you think, because the ending kind of made me confused and he didn't say if it was good or bad, but, um, so I started watching it and then at a certain point, maybe about one hour and five minutes in, and there's still another 40 minutes or so after that, I I texted him, I said, I think this is going to be a certain trope. And I was right. So so Barrett knew that I figured it out quick too, just like you care uh Chrissy. Um so um I was worried that they were gonna go there. And immediately I was just thinking Mike was like, oh no, Mike Mike doesn't like this stuff. Mike No, no, that's
2: not true. You'd completely misunderstand what Mike doesn't like.
5: Oh, okay. <laughs> I always thought I
2: always thought you didn't like this type of trope.
5: Uh, but I may have made a mistake. I apologize, Mike.
2: So, but I was thinking that, it's a it's but, a filming
5: style. It's not a
2: narrative style. Gotcha.
5: All right. So um, that. So I, I was there with you, Chrissy. I, I kind of figured it out pretty early too. Uh, but I was hoping that they wouldn't go that way. Uh, now that we're in uh, the non-spoiler section, uh, what other things did people want to bring up besides uh, spoiler stuff that we'll talk about after?
1: I will say that the cinematography on this movie was fantastic. Mm, it it, it yeah. looks
4: awesome. Oh, yeah, it was great.
6: I also It was just how... very moody, and you know what else was cool, Eric? I thought the way they used the landscape was really in, well done.
4: And like, color, too.
6: Yeah. Well, I also, there's a couple of things. One is they
5: made it in the middle of winter, so there's the colors are going to be Muted and bleak, which is perfect for this type of dreary type of film. And I also like the fact that they made it a period piece. It was it took place probably in the 70s uh, may, or maybe early 80s. Um, but I'm thinking close to like 78 or something like that. Um, and they, they let you know that right away without actually even uh, putting a date on the screen because they show uh, the Twin Towers in the background. And with no cell phones and people still using record players and things like that. They, they, they put a nice state stamp on the film without actually having to tell us anything. So I thought that was pretty awesome how they did that as well.
6: I did have one stupid, small issue that based on something that Eric and I talked about when we did, we are still here. A while back, do you remember that, Eric, when we were talking about "We Are Still Here"? And, I and, that. and it I was and it, uh, the, the, the film. The yeah, the, of course you wouldn't. But I, I just I remembered it because it struck me because I was really excited to find somebody else who kind of felt the same way I did, and I never forgot it. Um, that movie, "We Are Still Here," was supposed to be set like in New England, and I remember Eric and I talking on the episode, and Eric going, and I'm looking at that going. That's upstate New York. And I said, I totally said the same thing. That is not Connecticut. Like it was supposed to be in Connecticut or somewhere. And I'm like, that's not Connecticut. And so in the film, in this film, when they showed New York City, and then they showed like that one scene where they're kind of still living in New York City, but they're looking out the window of their house in New York and I guess it's supposed to be like Westchester, maybe one of those New York suburbs in Westchester County. I'm looking at it going, that was not filmed in New York at all. It was probably all filmed in Finland or wherever they filmed it. And Estonia. Yeah. Finland, and Australia, Australia. yeah. And it, Cause you could see out the window that the house was definitely not that kind of house. The light wasn't right for New York. Like it was just weird. And it made me think about that. So that was really, and it's such a stupid thing, but that was the only complaint I had about the actual footage. Well,
5: and that would only be someone like you, like like when I saw.
6: Right, it would only be a tar- total geek that would notice that. Nobody would give well, a shit.
2: Well, and, and and a resident, right? If you if I mean that's what I'm saying, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, I lived I mean, in upstate New York. Here. Looked looked as
5: New England to me as 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 upstate New York looks to like New England, you know. But someone that lived there, like Mike, you or, or Chrissy, or, or close to it, like you do, Chrissy. Um, May, may notice it, so, but that's a small minority of people right. who see film. But go on, Mike.
2: Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say. It's sort of like when I, oh, I, when people say, uh, oh, I live there and those two places are nowhere near each other. It's like, well, nobody else is going to know that. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's just the magic filmmaking. And yeah, if you are a non-native New Yorker, or should say a New Yorker that's uh, lived upstate New York, because if you lived your whole life in New York City, you might not know one way or another. Um, but, and if you, and scene time, you might not notice that there's a, that the differences are there and they're, they're subtle.
0: Yeah. They're minor.
2: You you really, it's not going to be like shouting out to you. Uh, Well, no.
6: And it's so like, I mean, you're not in that, um, scenes, those opening scenes, you're not there for very long. I mean, it kind of just comes and goes. It establishes the story and then they move on. So, well, well, even the car accident,
5: didn't remind me of New York. I, I just figured that was like Pennsylvania or something because of the, the cornfields.
6: Yeah, that yeah. did look weird. That did look very you know. weird to me. I couldn't. Well, figure well it,
5: it, it looks weird if you assume it's in New York, but if you literally, if you just cross over the the Delaware River, Pennsylvania is just loaded with that that, that cornfield. So,
3: um, well, if you go to upstate New York, uh, you're going to see a lot of cornfields there too. I was about to say that. Kevin.
5: Yeah. So well, yeah. Same same here too. But but so but you knew it wasn't in Greater New York City. That's for sure. You know, I mean, actually, even if you go into part of Jersey, uh, you know, past Trenton, that's all corn down there too. So, but it, it was interesting how um, the film had it. But again, that was all probably filmed in Finland in Estonia as well. You know, the, those cornfields, fields. Um, but they just pretended it was the U.S. Um anything else uh general that people wanted to talk about. I, I did like the fact that um um last week's film, The Cellar, had the same um picture.
6: I know I cracked I up it. when I saw that. <laughs> I cracked up. Yeah, that was, was like, that
1: was interesting for sure. Yeah. After,
6: after, really after, okay, after okay, I made a big deal last that
2: week. Noticed that. After I made a big deal last week of how you know, he pops up in, like, almost every horror movie, but he never really actually ends up in the horror <laughs> film. Yeah. I was like, watch, and then we're going to get to see him twice in two weeks. Uh, yeah, but, nope, we don't go there. Excited. I was
5: all excited. But, yeah, but we don't go there. Yeah. Um,
1: I was excited, too, and then they screwed me.
5: Indeed. <laughs> yep, I agree, Herk. Uh Any other items of note? Uh, just general stuff that isn't spoilery about the film or, or whatever. Uh, I do want to bring up uh, Teresa Palmer. Uh, Eric brought her up first, um, and um, yeah, she's a great actress. I've been following her for years. Uh, she's a horror film veteran. Uh, she was the lead actress in Lights Out. She was the lead actress in Warm um, uh- Bodies. Well, bodies. That's the one I was looking for. Thank you. Um, and she was the lead actress in Berlin syndrome. Um, all, all horror films that either we, we reviewed or, or, we, at least we talked about in passing. Um, and, uh, then of course she was the lead of, of discovery of witches, uh, which is more mystical realism. So maybe you would like that Chrissy. That's on shutter all three seasons. um, and it also stars Matthew Good, so and you may like him too. So uh she's she's but, but the thing is is that she's just a really good actress, all 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 in all. Um so I'm right there with you, Ark. Um anything that she's in, uh it's always on my radar. So uh any other items anybody wanna bring up? All right. I guess uh
2: we'll throw up the spoiler all right. Oh, you know, car- actually, let me say this. Can I just? I kind of yeah. like the kid. Um, he does have that very sort of hair that only a kid in the '70s could get away with. Mm-hmm. Just yes. where he hasn't yep. had his like had his hair cut in a while. Um, I, yep. I think the kid was good. I think he was. Um, he he wasn't overly creepy, and he wasn't overly precocious either. Um, he, I think he hit a right tone. No, a lot of times that's just the matter of they found a kid who's like that anyway and they just use him as a prop and just say, stand there and be yourself.
6: I got, Yeah, I'd have to agree with you, Mike. I did appreciate that they really did not try to overdo the creepy kid thing. Like, they just sort of <laughs> let it be, you know?
3: Well, it's funny with yeah. the kid because sometimes he was talking more like an adult in some scenes. Like yeah. the scene with the mirror, he, say he was sounding more like an adult, rather than a kid who's what, like ten years old.
5: Well, and that's that's the thing about the film, right? Is that is the you know as as Chrissy said, uh, it doesn't know what it wants to be. So this isn't really a spoiler by saying this, but you know maybe maybe he's possessed. Maybe it's the trope that occurs,
2: you know, and and Somebody all else stuff. is speaking through him. Yeah. yeah so,
5: so that was I'll, I'll what exactly. I was thinking too. Yeah. So so it, it all. That's the one thing that's interesting about this film. Everything makes sense at the end, even though Yes.
6: Yep. It, yeah. Even
5: though it's not the ending I wanted. Uh any all the questions you have are answered and, and it's like, okay, that's why that happened. That's why they acted this way. That's why that you know, so uh there was only one thing I felt was gaslighting and that was um the English woman where she was having uh, we we were following her character at the same time as that mirror scene, and uh, I'll explain more why I feel that was the gaslighting where the the director and writer were just trying to trick us into thinking one thing because um, yeah yeah so okay good Mike you you know what I'm talking about no, that's, no that, I, that's I, and the, I
6: completely yeah. agree with you I still at the end of the film could not figure out what the point of that was so maybe you guys can shed some light on that that yeah. was well funny. yeah I, it's
2: kind of like they. Try to convince us that it was a an alien invasion film, and then it's not really an alien invasion film. And then you're like, "But why the hell did you show us all those UFOs?" <laughs> right. That have nothing to do with the story. Right. right. Just to fool you. Did we fool right. you? Like, well, yeah, well, that's a cheat. Yeah, well, I'm okay.
5: I'm, o- I'm okay with the 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 harbinger or crazy person in the town, but when that person isn't with the lead actress. There's no reason to show her except to yes, try history. to
2: gaslight. Yeah,
1: well, and so, there's some right. other stuff too. We'll get to it post right, the,
2: the Yeah, the harbinger isn't supposed to be there saying beware the gators in the swamps when what you really have to worry about is the serial killer in the mountains. You know, you gotta you, you gotta have the 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 harbinger at least be somewhat tethered to the actual plot.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And, and we, we can
5: talk about that by the end of the film I, I just assumed the harbinger was what everybody in the town thought of her um but it it um unfortunately um yeah trying to try to gaslight this a couple times there yeah but well
1: get well, good spoilers
5: yeah, all right. so, so, so we'll throw up the spoiler so at this point if you haven't seen the film and you want to uh please shut off the podcast and go watch the film then come back and listen to the rest of us discuss everything you just saw, or if you don't mind, like some of our listeners, like Kevin, who actually is joining us, um, and listens to the podcast, whether or not he's seen the film, uh, that's okay too. So uh, at this point, we will throw up the spoiler. You've been warned, and uh, we can talk about everything and anything. So I guess we could just set up the film. Um, Basically, um, it's uh, the family's driving home from somewhere – through the cornfields, and you know, they're talking to the kids, saying, Yeah, the cornfields go on for miles and whatever. And some sort of weird accident occurs. And basically, what happens is this, one of the twin sons, um, Nathan, uh, dies in the car accident. And because of that, uh, the family obviously, whenever you lose a child, uh, my parents uh, that happened to. Due to uh cancer not not due to uh um, accident, but either way the the feeling is is pretty pretty pro- close to being the same I would assume, and as a result uh they're very depressed a lot of times marriages can dissolve because of it, uh, but in this case uh, they decide to uh, move so they want to sell the house they live in in New York uh, Westchester probably as crazy said because it reminds them of The good times that are no more. Um, They sell it for a loss because they just want to get the heck out of it. And they go back to the homeland and um, childhood country of the dad, uh, which is Finland. And this part of Finland is the northeastern part of Finland. So uh, right on the the Soviet border at that time of the – uh, the period piece, um, and uh, they get a nice house there that used to be, I guess, um, some sort of school or orphanage or something, and uh, that's where they moved to uh, his old hometown. He said Remember it was it?
3: when, he, when ta- he said it was rectory,
5: a rectory. Yeah. Okay, so that so that's a nun thing then. Okay, I knew it was some some sort of thing that. Well, wasn't a
3: rectory a is not a nun thing. or no, it could be like wherever for a. A priest, a pastor, or minister lives.
5: Okay, and the thing that's interesting about this area, uh, even though uh, Finland is is mostly Lutheran, I mean it's it's like almost everybody there is Lutheran or, or just don't don't practice. Uh, this part of uh, Finland appeared to be most likely Eastern Orthodox or, or Catholic, uh, based off of uh, some of the the things, or even Episcopal, for that matter, because the the the, the old woman from England that lives there too, um, most likely it was Episcopal.
0: So so it was very,
5: very Catholic, um, Episcopal or Eastern Orthodox style of Christianity uh, when we do see it. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, and that's, that's pretty much the setup. So a new life start over. The husband is some sort of writer. It doesn't explain what type of writer. So as a writer, he can do it anywhere. And uh, they decide to go back to his hometown in Finland. All right, the setup, what do we want to talk about? I guess we can wrap it up give our
2: final thoughts. Yeah, just kind of, I mean, uh, so here's the fake out, right? And it's a lot of it is we go to the rural town in Finland, which is the, the actors, uh, not the actors, the the husband's home, I guess, or yeah, that's what I said. And, and so that's, that can kind of set up the thing. And we get, and the the old English lady starts talking about uh, the the Satanism, you know, that this town is covered in circles. They've always chased out any attempt to establish a church there, uh, and how her husband had been possessed. Oh, and all the all the Finnish
5: people are all creepy. They they make them creepy in this movie. Well, I mean that's that's but that's that's take we take
2: that for granted. Um, (laughs) And and so you get. This this thing is that one red one one what is we're in spoiler territory now so what is a red herring that the child is being possessed by Satan or the right. Satan wants the child and the well, child is and Satan is speaking through the child and and then the, the child is talking about how uh it's like talking about his brother or then pretending to be his brother or maybe is his brother or whatever his twin brother well and so that it could be a ghost story and then. Cont- you have yeah. to add
5: one point, Mike, in that, which is
2: um, there's old,
5: um, ancient, um, like, stone paintings uh, uh, just off the lake uh, with handprints. And the, the father says, if you put your hand in there, make a wish, um, it may come true. And that woman, the old English woman, says... He made the wish and it's true. And immediately we know what it is, right? Which
2: is he probably wished for his brother to be back. Oh, I thought he wished for a monkey's paw.
6: (laughs) Well, it's, it's interesting because I think Mike was on task here. You know, when the story opens, it kind of starts like a ghost story. Then it sort of goes into this, like I said, this weird folk horror thing, almost in like a Midsommar style. Um, with the whole introduction of the wedding swing and these weird like customs and then it takes another turn and goes into this other branch of folk horror which is more about like cursed land and paganism and stuff but at the same time then it goes into satanism and that is one thing I did want to just quick mention is that that was that blend that I was talking about I'm watching this and I'm going, that's really interesting. Like, because at that point in the movie, I wasn't sure what was going to happen, even though I suspected it. I was like, let me see what they do here. And I was like, oh, this is interesting that they were able to take this, this pagan idea. Right. And then the, the, the Christianity ideas and blend them and not have it be confusing. But then at the end of the film, when it all all kind of shakes out, then I was like, all the lights came on because she says she's a photographer that photographs shapes. Right. So if this is all in her head, then shapes is going to figure into it. The old woman asks her, are you a church? You know, there's no, when she's talking about the churches and she says, do you believe in God? And she says, not anymore. So it becomes very clear that this, Weird amalgamation of these two opposing religions um, is really just a, you know, a product of this woman's, you know, particular brand of maddening grief. But Mike is right, because then then right after the possession thing, then we kind of go into the whole demon baby Rosemary's baby type of genre. and Then it becomes what would you call the final one, Mike?
2: Man, I don't know. <laughs> you know I, was even, I was even thinking yeah. Pet Cemetery. <laughs> oh
6: oh yeah. yeah, yeah, you could do that too. But, you know, but the the just, boy, I just, I just found wish, it interesting. For son, for I
3: was kind of there. thinking Sixth Sense here.
6: Yes, it's Sixth well, Sense and, kind of comes into it. Yeah.
1: And since since Kevin mentioned the Sixth Sense, here's my big problem with this movie is that unlike the Sixth Sense, in the Sixth Sense they have your surprise ending and you can go back through that movie and mm. see they didn't cheat everything makes sense right yeah. the director intentionally made it make sense here i i don't intend to watch this movie a second time um but mm. i'm pretty sure if you went back through it it would not make sense <laughs> Well, yeah, the gaslight, it was all it was just gaslight. like this 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 fever dream and and that's 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 the variation of this trope that I do not like uh, is when they're all, all like, oh, well, none of that actually happened. So fuck you. Uh, <laughs>
2: well, I'll, I'll take it one other way step there, Eric, is that the sixth sense threw in a twist. That didn't undermine the rest of the story, you had a great concept right. in the sixth sense about the kid who sees ghosts mm-hmm. and when the movie's over. The twist is that the guy who's been talking the whole time he's been talking to because he is a ghost, and so that ties right. in with his well, story for a thirty-year-old movie. 30-year-old. Right <laughs> here, they have a what I think is a great idea for a horror story, which is the idea of the the, the surviving twin
0: mm-hmm.
2: of 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 with you know of a pair of twins. Obviously, I guess you know, but having the one survive and dealing with with that. And, you know, how and there's ways you could play with that. And they decide rather than actually follow through with that premise, which I think is an original premise and an interesting premise, they toss it away at the end for something that feels to me to be kind of just more a little on the hoary cliched size.
0: Right. Well, made- ah,
2: right. We're just going to go with the crazy lady story. Well, it also we... pissed me off, too, because the husband
5: – no no husband would, would, in my opinion, or or spouse or, or family member, for that matter, would play along unless they're mentally disturbed, too. That's just or at nuts. least not for well, that. Well,
4: and, and at the end, how is she free? That I don't get. Well, she is. Well, I, right?
6: I would actually have to fill um, one of my notes. Here, that I wrote um, was that again, I, I, I disagree with you that nobody would kind of play along with this. Um, if you are truly, deeply, madly in love with someone, um, you will put up with an awful lot of crazy shit. Yeah, but I don't and, mean that, and if Chris. He's I just, me. Yeah, and if he's just lost his only son right, then his wife is all he has left. and Okay,
5: that's true.
6: true. Right, and so I kind of looked at that, but I do sort of agree with you that unless he's mentally ill too, yes, but I think it's a product of that grief. I mean, right, you're sort of bound together in this horrifying... I didn't really care for the big, long explanation. I thought it was too much, and they could have cut it down, like, significantly. However...
5: When we've seen other characters... In these type of films, they always do the opposite, usually, which is uh, they, they, they say, stop pretending this is not healthy, you know, and, they, and then they flip right. and stuff. But
6: he explains that and he says, you were happy for the first time in so long. And you also get the sense, of course, that she was not happy before that. Because we see her yelling at the kid in the car so right. clearly before the accident. So clearly well, right. Remember she, she was says, fucked up before that anyway. Well, and he was she was like she, she said
5: once uh on the couch, she says uh, you know, I miss Nathan, but there was a weird part of me that I,
0: uh-huh.
5: would it be okay mm-hmm. if if he was gone because yep. because the kid the kid obviously was hard
4: a hard kid to to run. Uh, parent. And the other kid was perfect, right? Her imagination was perfect. Right. Her imaginary (laughs) kid
6: was perfect. Yeah. And, and that, that I think was interesting too, um, Barrett, because, you know, when we lose someone, you know, it's often like, you know, uh, what was it? Jim Morrison who said, you know, death gives us wings where we had Raven's claws, right? That famous thing that I always bring up. I've probably said it on this podcast a million times, but what's interesting about that is, When someone dies, right, or they go away from us or whatever, there's a bad breakup, you lose the love of your life, whatever it is, you tend to, over time, that memory of them as they really were tends to warp and you tend to start romanticizing them and think about only the good things. And so that was one of the things I was saying earlier about the realistic portrait of grief and I think the husband at that point was probably – Phil, to your point – was probably deep in his own state of grief. It's his only son, and now his wife is losing her mind, and it might have been right. comforting for him to just be like, all right, you know what? Well, she, and, She's happy. Screw it. I'm well, going to play along with this until she comes well, out of it. and then it right, and that's, to, that's the part. Well,
5: to, to, and to go with your point, Chrissy – It's only when he gets to the town and all the town folks say, she needs, she needs help. Yes, exactly. And then he suddenly wakes up and he goes, you're right. I can't do this anymore. This is not right.
6: Yeah. And and there were pretty solid clues in there with regard to that too, because they have the overheard conversations and it's interesting. Um, But to, you know, and then to get to the old lady part of it, the only thing I could see there in, in terms of connection. Cause you guys were talking about what connection does she have? You know, the only connection I could see, and it's, I do, I still do not believe that her presence is justified by the way. Um, but is that she was obviously grieving the loss of her husband too. So right. maybe the two, maybe this crazy old lady was just saying to her, I lost my husband. I understand. But when we get to the end of the film, we start to realize that, oh, she was like, you know, the mother of the twins was just fabricating everything this woman said and twisting it into her own, um, you know, inappropriate reality that wasn't really there. But by the same token, you're right. It never should have gone out of the POV. We never should have gone out to the old woman alone.
4: Well the question I is was right. was what the old woman seeing cuz they considered her crazy too was what the old woman was seeing something entirely of its own thing
6: Oh that's right. interesting I didn't
5: I, and, that and I was. think I think you and that's right. what I, yeah right. I think for that's her, what but, it was but but for her to know that or or at least have a dream or or a premonition that don't go downstairs don't yeah. follow him that Well would, they were both crazy, crazy like, I yeah, think like, no, no, but that was pure gaslighting for us to think yeah. she had the, a premonition, but you're right. right she was, probably was crazy anyway.
4: Crazy um, with crazy, and then she sees that the other woman is more crazy when they, there's no yeah. kid there.
2: Right, well, because every time that you cut away to this, you're cementing the reality of yes. the film in, and, in the and, audience's and, head.
1: And here's the other thing, is that when they first meet at that party... um, she says to the mother something like, uh, "He has made the wish, and the wish shall come to pass."
6: Yeah. See, there was like, some like, things well, that were that never. Yeah, how did, how functioned... did you know
1: that? Right. How, well, for, it never happened. Oh And yeah, that's she what drives was... me crazy right. about this movie is that the the twist at the end undoes like everything that happened up to that point in the movie.
2: Well, not only does well, it undo it, but it feels like it contradicts it. Yeah. You know, well, one but... thing when you when you undo it, and you say, "Ah, I was in your head all along." when when in fact it feels like it's but it, it, it's it, it's not supported by what's there it feels like you know they did a test screening and they said well the, ending, the original ending didn't work so let's try this twist ending
6: but eric no, um hold on one second eric uh what i wanted to what i was saying though is that about the business about the wish and like, oh, and how did the old lady know and whatever. Well, but that was my point, is that once you get to the end and we find out that, you know, Elliot's mom is, you know, driven mad with Whack-a-doodle. grief Wack-a-doodle, yeah. <laughs> then it becomes clear that probably this old woman said nothing of the sort to her. That's In other what I'm words, and the whole movie was is bullshit. bullshit. No, but because no, because, but that would make sense at the end to me, because now I'm like, but all I was saying was that the old woman didn't belong there in the scenes where we saw the old woman, exclu- like just by herself. That that shit just didn't belong. Mm-hmm. The crazy woman talking to her and telling her all this crap. After we find out that the woman is crazy at the end, then it's like, oh, so that old lady probably wasn't even saying any of that crap to her. She was just making whatever the woman said fit her thing, which would explain why, oh, made a wish and all that, because it was all in her freaking head.
1: Right. Right, which but, but, but that's the fact. The, the point mind. I'm trying to make is that yes, she did make it all up in her head, which means everything we've seen in this movie never happened, and,
5: and, and, and that's
1: cheating. Right.
6: <laughs> but but, my, but the whole point, point of the point of movie is that she was driven mad by grief, so it did right. it, it. Well, it well I think it
4: did mind. happen. It just was twisted in her mind. Right. So well, she and, met the old lady, but everything the old lady said was fitting her narrative. Like, The way she wanted it to lady
1: going to say something about a boy and a wish that there was no boy and there was no Because
6: she didn't because she didn't actually say it. That's just we're seeing this from Rachel's POV. That's what I mean. So it's all going through her filter. Right. So 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 that makes
5: it the problem is even if it is that point, which is it's a film of someone mentally ill
6: due to
4: grief. It's, I'm it's, not even sure if it yeah. was from grief. She might have been sick beforehand.
6: Right, but either way, yeah. it, it that's true, Barrett.
5: Yeah, I, I, all right, but but either either way, the point is is that all the stuff they showed us that was pretty awesome was just was just crapola, and that's why it works best, and that's fair, yeah. yeah,
1: right, and, and my big problem with it is that, um, like. Uh, going back to the example of the sixth sense, that movie has a twist ending. You can go back and theoretically you could figure that out during the viewing of the movie, what the twist is. Most people didn't, but there was enough information there that you could have. That's not the case with this movie. This movie cheats. This movie just shows you a bunch of stuff that's not happening. And then the end goes, guess
3: what? It never happened.
1: And that's my problem.
3: No, I- I mean, the thing is, I mean, are you saying that the woman was never there either?
1: I, I no. think she existed, but I don't think she did. She said half the show she said.
3: She she said it as
5: Barrett said, which is she she turned. She said whatever she said, and then Teresa Palmer's character just made it up all in her head. So when she saw the woman, the woman said, "Hi, how are you?" And in her eyes, it was beware of the, the Finnish people. They're all evil yeah and, and, you know and yeah. it's, like, well, yeah. it's like yeah well right, right I mean, like, the thing
3: like. is though is that they like i said they didn't i mean they explained everything at the end pretty well, I mean, even if you didn't like the ending much, but the thing with the woman, it's it's the woman I mean, I have a tough time thinking that I mean Teresa Palmer goes to this woman's house with the sure. picture or whatever uh, Rebecca or whatever her character's name is, you know she goes to the woman's house with pictures and the woman says okay you know let's go or oh yeah let's talk to the priest or oh first you know oh my goodness twins you know and so i don't i don't know if all of this is i mean it like i think someone said it, it could have been crazy with crazy and but but, but, but that was, was just that? it so i don't know well, if everything that, that this woman went through was i well the thing well
2: it was made up in theresa palma's head it feels like even though it's um this feels like a totally arbitrary rule here I'm going to state, um, and it is because there's no reason why she couldn't have imagined, but it feels like cheating. When you say, yes, there was a woman there. Yes, she had a conversation with the woman. We only lied about what the woman said. It's like, okay, that that, that to me it feels like now you're just deliberately saying, picking and choosing what's real and what's not.
4: Right. That's why I don't like unreliable narrators in most cases.
2: Well, because well, so what you can do is with an unreliable narrator, you can you can guess that certain events never happened. Fine. Certain characters maybe never existed. Fine. This guy was all in your head, or but when you find out that. Sometimes the character was real and sometimes the character wasn't. Sometimes people were speaking what they were saying and sometimes they weren't saying what they were saying. You know that you're half in and half. Out. I think that's what it is: is that the fact that those scenes were were half real and half not real. Like so, I don't know. When she was talking with this person and they were wearing a white tie, was it really a white tie? Maybe she was imagining a white tie. It's like it's just all the little weird things. You can't take anything that happens in the movie anymore. As but Whereas a thank good you, film, you. when you, you a have a
1: good job of explaining
2: that, when you have a good, have this well done, then what you do is you just switch the lenses. You change the focus. You see everything in a different light and it makes sense in a different way here. If I were to, I have a feeling if I go went back and rewatch the film, I still wouldn't really know. I would just be guessing as to what's real and what's not at any one point in time. And I wouldn't know for sure outside the most outrageous stuff, you know, like the, the, the the cult members dressed up in robes. Um,
6: yeah, but see, I, I would have to disagree because I was able to go back and figure it out, but also I, I am okay with unreliable narrator, but I, on the other hand, thought that this was a very, just personally a very fresh way to do it. I didn't feel cheated. I felt like, Oh my God, This is definitely um, doing kind of an accurate depiction of a person who is really something. And you are really walking with this woman. You are part of this woman's nuts instead of being outside of it. And that's why, just to give a counterpoint, I didn't feel cheated because I felt like, holy shit, I was living with this woman. I bought all of this and That's Dana, a pretty good argument, she's actually. crazy. Like, wow, fuck. Like, what else is she nuts about? Because I was actually so invested in her that when they pulled the rug out from under me, I didn't feel cheated. I went, oh, shit, man. Whoa. I Whoa. bought all that. That's awesome. Well like, here's my I question felt that, like I understood her. Why should
2: then. we ever believe anything the husband says including the husband telling her that the son is that they never had a second son?
4: I didn't trust him almost from the very beginning I actually. didn't trust
6: him in the opening either <laughs> i <just Barrett> <laughs> he,
4: he seemed like he was shifty from well, the start yeah, I agree. that was intentional. But I agree.
2: But we how do you sh- trust f- how, f- how f- do you even f- trust f- the twist? They wanted us to think cuz mean,
3: part with of him. Them. Well I mean he reminded me a lot of, I mean he reminded me like, remember, uh, we just did The seller, and we yes. had the husband who was always trying to be rational, wouldn't believe. And then so he's like, OK. And, and so he, the husband kind of acted like, OK, you know, whatever. I, you know, if that just gets don't worry, it's fine. And then also, like, it's, they're on the swing. And of course, Teresa Palmer's character being, you know, OK, I lost one child. I don't want to lose the second one. So she's going to be uh, quite uh, understandably, a little overprotective, and and the and the husband just like, oh, don't worry, he's fine, he's fine, and he's having a grand old time swinging back and forth, mm-hmm. which made him look like a jerk, which made him look like he's a father who didn't give a crap about his uh, about his other son, and you know, I mean, he, it's it's yeah, it like intentional,
4: he, but it's no better at the end because yeah, he loved her so much that he screwed her up worse. No, but my but point was, is, that how that do you well know he's telling
2: that, the yeah. truth? We've right. just established she's hallucinating about what the, we think, what the what the old woman's saying. So why isn't she hallucinating this? Than what her husband's saying this time?
1: That's a great point.
6: That is a really good point. Right? There, like, I, you have to be able to trust. We something. can't know it. Well, I did. I did like the the. Um, I, I do also want to talk about symbols and stuff here, though, because there is some cool symbolic shit going well, well, on here, actually, too.
5: Well, so actually, we we do know yeah. we do know the truth at the end because everybody's dead, and and she's in a car back in New York with her husband Happy next to her and her two sons in the back, and and that's all in her head too.
2: Well, maybe the tombstone was in her head.
6: Yeah, maybe the tombstone. Yeah, right. See, to that this, was okay. This, this, I kind of liked that.
2: See, to me, this is why it starts to spiral down and because, again, I'll, I'll, let me go to another unreliable narrator story, sort of, is uh, Total Recall, mm-hmm. um, right? So there's a moment in Total Recall where Arnold Schwarzenegger has to, like, is confronted with the guy from the recall company saying, we've had a break, there's a malfunction, you're hallucinating all of this, it's not real. And, I, and Arnold sees – he says, go ahead and shoot me, but you'll just be trapped in this thing forever, and I'll, I'll just disconnect from the computer and go on with my life. And Arnold sees him sweating when he's holding the gun to him and decides, well, he's nervous. He's afraid he's going to die, so I, this must be real. And he pulls the trigger and, and, and shoots him. Um, and, that, and that locks him into that reality. Now, the audience can walk out of there saying – You know, asking themselves, what happened? Did he he really make the right call there? Was he really trapped in a a fun machine, or was he in real life? And there's an argument to be made either way. But you can pick up with one narrative or the other, and the film still works in either narrative. You're not questioning absolutely everything in the film. And here, because it is literally, you can do a choose-your-own-adventure of which movie it is I just watched. And, And I think that's just way too much latitude.
6: Well, I did, I do have to give, I kind of made the choice at the end that I believed since she was back in New York, that, um, that she had moved home to New York. This was just my personal choice. This is what I selected that she had moved back to New York and that the husband and the two children were in her head because she was a little bit, you know, crazy from before. Um, And when I say crazy, I'm just referring to uh, there were references that she may have had issues before all of this happened. Um, But when someone really does lose somebody like that and the grief is that profound, and that's where I did give movie points, you know, you do tend to sometimes go down that road where you truly believe they're still there. You truly believe that you see them. You truly believe that you hear them. The grief is that bad. And I have been in situations like that myself, which was fine. I came out of it again. But it does happen. Some people do have really tough times like that. So that's why that's the choice that I made. But now I'm listening to you guys talk. Now I'm wondering if maybe the whole damn movie was in her head in the first place. Maybe the tombstones were in her head, like Barrett was saying no, i'm
2: I was being completely facetious because because if you're going to the point where you're picking and choosing as to what part of what scene is real, the woman was there, the dialogue's not real. Well, why do we believe the dialogue of anybody, especially when the entire revelation is done entirely through dialogue? You know, again, we can we 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 go from unreliable narrator to, I think, unreliable storytelling. And I think that's why it just weighed one step too far. It colored a little bit too far out the lines and didn't set up everything. And, and the line, it stucks in a row properly. I mm-hmm. do think that the most rational explanation given everything is she was, she was just crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one way or another, she's all, she's crazy. Her she had an only, she was an only child. Everything the husband told her was true. And we see her just kind of dwelling in her madness at the end. Right. And that's where I think they they were going, and that's
5: unfortunate. Based off of all the coolness before that, and yeah. so like like Eric,
1: I'm, I'm yeah, I'm,
5: I'm kind of like, God damn it!
1: <laughs> well, I will
0: say
1: this: we're doing some of the exposition at the end. I was like, there were still spots where it got it, it just got ruined for me because of all that. Because there's like the one scene where he's talking about how uh, she was the one driving the car and she crashed the car, and they they show the car upside down on the road, and uh, you know the the child dead, and I'm like, oh, that's like the drawing from earlier, and then the rest of my brain is like, by the kid who didn't exist. <laughs> I'm like, son
0: of a
6: bitch. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that is a very interesting point.
5: Um, yeah. Right, so, oh, go on. Gonna...
6: No, but but I did I did like about that car scene at the end though, Eric. What I did like about it, where we see the dead kid or whatever, the hand coming out. I liked that all of a sudden those dreams she was having about the people with the incense made total sense after that. I was like, Oh, this is like what her dream translated into or what <laughs> she translated into a dream because she couldn't freaking handle it. Like, so I, I liked that. I thought that was sort of interesting,
1: but. Well, lay your symbolism on
6: us.
5: Yeah. Well, before we symbolism? do that, I, I, well, before you do that, I, I got this. Uh, so this is what I was texting Barrett. So. Uh, okay. Yeah.
6: Yeah. And then I'll so talk go, symbolism, Eric, I promise,
5: because so, i got a lot of it. All right, all right. so so I said uh, – I stopped at the point that the son and mom are doing the mirror science, and the father in town show up. Uh, uh, we'll we'll you know, finish the film at lunch. Uh, um, and then it, Barrett says, you know, slow burn, whatever. And then I go, so far, so good. It even has Baphomet in it like last week in a crazy Santana cult and creepiness watching Rest at Lunch. Now watching Rest oh, yeah, yeah, right. And so then I go, now watching The Rest, I'm worried it will just be an unreliable narrator going crazy. Barraco's not giving anything away. I go, now she's showing the pictures to the English lady, and he goes, you're close to the end. Running in the forest, and Elliot is gone. She's going nuts, I think. No cult. We'll see that shortly. The problem is the English woman had dreams at the same time as she cracked the mirror over her head, so the film was trying to gaslight us uh, at Old Factory Barn now. Yep, I was right. Just someone that snapped. Bummer. Could have been awesome to still top film, but man, mm-hmm. what a, yeah. And so yeah. So that's that's so yeah, it was uh, unfortunate. But uh yeah, so Chris, you said you had some uh some symbolism stuff uh, uh based off of what Eric
6: was asking. Well I I did. Um I loved the story about the handprint, you know, because hands are a symbol well, of connection. A... That was and... awesome.
0: Your yes, and
6: they're help. a symbol of fate, and and I love the story about putting your hand on the rock and making a wish, and and then and the fact that the parents kind of give each other that look that they sort of know this is before you don't really realize that Elliot is not real, but as the story unfolds, it kind of made me wonder. It, it, that's interesting because I wrote this before I figured it out. I wonder if the father kind of knows if this is real or not. Like, so I think in that moment with the whole wishing thing, but the hands are a symbol of connection and also a symbol of fate, right? Because you talk about the hand of God, like the famous Michelangelo thing. It's also a symbol of, you know, the maker, you know, the maker touching God. Um, so to speak. But another symbol of fate, there's the, there's the round window in the kid's bedroom. And the window panes are in a spider web pattern. And spiders are also um, a symbol of fate, and that also connects to, um, what is it, the three, Arachne, or, who are, or the three fates, you know, they spin the web yeah. and they cut yeah. the, so that kind of refers to that too, which is also sort of a veiled reference to the mother of Rachel making this shit up, just like the hand is, you know, Rachel's the hand of God, basically. She's created this fake child. And you figure it out at the end, and then she's also kind of spinning that web. It's also a symbol of spinning a web of lies. Um, so there's a lot of interesting symbolism with the thing. There's close-up shots of the moon, a, a lot, and and again, that's a symbol of fate. That's a symbol of wit- you know witchcraft in a more like feminine way, like females creating things. Um, it's, the moon is a very feminine image. So I really liked that, you know, the hands were a symbol, the moon was a symbol. They had several references to spiders and stuff like that, which is fate. There's also the hand of fate. So there was a lot of that. There's also a lot of stuff going on in this with swings. Um, and the swings for me really, I mean, there's a swing in the backyard, the swinging of the incense burner in the dream sequences, the swinging of the wedding swings. And, and it suggested to me that it was maybe symbolic of the idea that we are always, as human beings, um, swinging between two worlds, you know, the real and the imagined. The, and, and that sort of parallels, you know, when she goes nuts, then you see. She's swinging back and forth, right? She has one foot in reality. She has one foot in crazy town. Um, It is also symbolic of crossing the veil. So early on, when we are, which is why these symbols are cool, because it depends at what point you're at in the movie and what genre of movie you think you're watching, that these symbols mean different things. So like when I first thought I was watching a ghost story and I saw the swinging going on, I said, oh, so that's like a symbol of, you know, crossing the veil, like swinging back and forth, going over to the beyond and coming back because, right, the person died and now they're going to swing back this way. And then when it became more of a um, when it became crazy town at the end, then it was okay. Now it represents Her having one foot in reality and one foot in crazy town. And in the middle, when it was sort of this amalgam of religions, right? And all it was, okay, swinging back and forth between the belief systems. I mean, it was just kind of interesting. Somebody did that on purpose, I think. And I thought it was interesting the way they sort of got all these different symbols to mean different things depending on what movie you thought you were watching at that moment. Um, So that was kind of cool too. And I also liked, um, I also liked that they did a lot with, they did a lot of well done foreshadowing in the actual like dialogue. Like when Rachel says to Helen, I don't actually photograph people building shapes, that sort of thing. And then of course later the photograph, her son doesn't show up. Only the swing does. So no, she really didn't photograph people. The husband says, these people have just been waiting for us for so long. And again, this is one of those moments where, all right, at that point that he says that, you're starting to think this is maybe a folk horror movie with like a cult or whatever. So you're like, oh, something sinister is going on here. Like he wants to sell her to the devil or whatever. But at the end, what it turns out to be is no, maybe the husband took her back there to try to get her well he had nowhere to go and they, they were trying to convince him just bring her here, bring her here, bring her here. Um, and then there's the whole line where he says, well, we're not going to get caught up in any of Elliot's stuff, you know, which on a deeper level suggests that Elliot is going to be separating from them. Um, but then when you find out Elliot doesn't exist and we know that the husband knows Elliot doesn't exist, then that language takes on a whole different meaning. Um, and then, of course, the old woman says the only thing harder than finding the truth is accepting it. I mean, that's a freaking broadcast for the end, for God's sake. So it's re- and then, um, and then Elliot tells the mother he won't wake up. You know, um, about the about the father. You know, the father's not going to wake up. And at that point in the movie, I thought it was like a cult thing. So I was like, oh, so the father is brainwashed. And he won't see this situation for what it is or that there's anything wrong with this. But once we get to the end, I thought about that line again, and I was like, oh, it means he's never going to, like, accept his wife's, like, he's just going to keep trying to break her out of it. He's never going to just let her be this stay in this fantasy world. He's going to keep trying to break her out of it. So that was all just some of the stuff, um, Eric. And it's interesting. You mentioned the, the creepy kid drawing, because I really didn't care for that at all. I made a big note here and said, I I really did not care for the keepy, creepy kid drawings. And in general in horror (laughs) movies, I don't because they always make too much sense. I have a box full of creepy kid drawings. I have friends that have little kids that do creepy kid drawings. Huh? (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> you I
1: said did you have a box myself. full of creepy kids drawings so I asked if you did them yourself
6: yes I did when I was little <laughs> and um, and they're lovely no really they're kind of well, horrible but my point problem. is just that in these horror movies they always make too much sense I'm sorry but no creepy kid drawings ever look like they do in horror films they don't you look at a creepy a, a, a kid's creepy drawing and it's like it makes no fucking sense and all these kids drawings they always make sense somehow and I'm like that is not how they really draw but whatever, that's just... Well, the
2: stuff. problem with that, it's sort of like... I'll, I'll go the same way with dreams, right? The dreams in most films are yeah, usually way too. way too literal for the same reason. is that unless you're a trained psychiatrist or a psychologist or, 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 or what have you, uh, you need to have it there. Otherwise, you're going to have to have somebody there for exposition explaining exactly why this character having snake hands means he was a less molested as a child or, or whatever it may be. Um okay. and and so you make it as literal as you can for the audience so that they can see the picture, pick it up recently and go, Oh, okay. They're drawing the car accident. Um, So they have to do that.
6: Well, and I did, uh, there, there was a really, I thought the rolly, the, you know, the stupid game that kept getting dug up and everything, that was kind of a a cool, it was a maze, um, maze, a maze thing. Yeah. You know, it's really messed up. We have almost that exact one in our office. On in the somebody brought it in, and it's, yeah, it's there those, for clients to. And it's it, one and of those it things where you like put like the
2: marble it. in, right? And it, yeah. You know, yeah. It right? Yeah, I thought it meant the kid was an android. <laughs> Sorry, it was a Westworld joke. Yeah, it's a, a
1: Westworld yes. reference, there, folks.
6: But um, but that I think was a um, that was definitely a freebie, you know, um, because it was there. You know, the kid finds it, they bury it, you know, and they bury it. That's the first beat. Then the toy is dug up and then she burns it. That's the second beat. And then it shows up again the third time when it's in the kid's hand before she smashes her head with the mirror. So I thought that was that was definitely and there were a couple of other three beats. But, um, Eric, I probably could have done more with symbols with this movie. But those were the ones that I picked out that spoke to me the loudest.
1: Oh, that's um, cool. You just you always pick up on that stuff and it just goes right over my head.
6: Oh well, thank you. And, but, and, and you, mirrors, mirrors, of course, were a big thing. Um, yes. Well, mirrors, mirrors
2: everywhere.
6: Yep, because they they distort reality, right? There's also that whole thing again. If you're I watching, if you well, think, well, they reflect
3: reality.
6: They reflect I, reality. I,
1: I didn't notice the one shot that was a zoom in on the mirror that was oval and it had the beveled edge. I thought that was kind of cool because it started off yes. really tiny, and you're you're wondering what it is, and you get closer and realize it's a mirror.
6: Yeah, that was very cool. Yes, I like that. That was when she was in the bed, right, or the next morning. Yeah, it looked like a hole. Yes, (laughs) that was super cool. That was a really good shot. Um, And also, too, mirrors. Like, again, in the beginning when we see these mirrors, and I'm thinking, oh, this is a ghost story, like the first time I watched it. So the mirror becomes a symbol of, um, you know, the other world, the other side crossing over. Yes. You know, there's a the reason that you know there are certain cultures that put, um, well, you know, cloths I, over their mirrors so the dead don't come through them and things like that. So, well, then it changes. And and I thought that about that about this movie is what made it cool to me.
5: But I, I never thought it was a ghost story, and I'll tell you why because the the wish happened real quick, and you know, the wish is I want my brother back. So mm-hmm. I honestly thought it was going to be a ghoul or a,
4: a yeah, me killer. too. Like,
5: yeah, like a pet cemetery type deal, and and then that was going to replace him because they want to kill him off. So she would bring a, the son of the devil, you know. Like, but they were going to go I'm, to Rosemary's Baby this way, you know.
1: I, I could buy the that. Yeah. The spirit of the dead brother was just going to come inhabit Elliot.
6: That's what yeah, I thought, too, Eric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's, that's why I thought it was too. a ghost story. Yeah. I was in the same place as you. I was like, oh. Yeah, see, I thought I thought he was corporal,
5: but that's a fair point. It could have been a ghost to possess the boy, too. But I, I, for some reason, I thought it was going to be a corporal being. And the reason I thought that was because every so often, again, it was all fake. doesn't matter. But she kept on seeing this other boy in the distance, and this other boy would argue – Would would, would always be. I'm thinking, oh my god, that's that's Nathan. He hasn't come come yet. He's still living in the forest or something. And and then when she goes talking to him, he's a dink. And it's like, oh my god. And then when she goes back to the house, she's talking to Elliot, and he's not a dink. And I was like, so I thought there were two boys at that point. Oh, okay. You know, so yeah. So that's that's, that's just one
4: crazy thing. I thought he had really come back. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, me
5: too. Exactly. I thought he was corporal, meaning he, he actually was physical. Yeah, exactly. So.
6: Might I, uh, might uh, hope. Just, I might
1: hoped that. that. possibility so quickly because they specifically mentioned that they left him back home, uh, which is across the Atlantic Ocean. So.
6: Well, and he also – and the little boy, that Elliot character or whatever that's in her head, which I also found was a really cool kind of line, was he said, well, who did we bury then?
5: But, but, and, but you know what? Though it, it could have been a talisman. You know that that little marble thing, uh, maze thing, could have been brought him back, similar to that that Stephen King book, uh, the the other half or whatever, the dark half, the dark half. Yeah, hmm. where, where he just comes, the the body is comes out of a fake grave. You know that was made to to for. Oh, I of,
6: didn't think of that, but you know? yeah, so, it could have been that. That's yeah, cool. so. I'd,
5: Yeah, so I thought it was like a talisman, so I didn't think they needed the actual – that's why – I mean, I said Pet cemetery, but I didn't think they needed the body to have them come back. If that – as a – yeah, you know, so I don't know. So like invasion of the body snatches, it comes out of like the ground or something.
6: Well, I I will say, I mean, there is so much – despite the fact that this movie has a disappointing ending or whatever, there's a lot to talk about. Like, like there's still oh yeah I, a oh, lot oh, it, to oh talk it, about it, in this it, movie you know what this
5: movie would have been awesome to to if we all shut it off right before the ending and not not that there's anything wrong with the ending you know so I mean me and Eric think there is which is fair but uh, yeah if I, you, you take
0: if
5: I you did. you do too so if you take away that ending and we just go to right when she's in the forest we could talk about everything but Eric always will come back and say since we did see the ending it doesn't matter because it's all fake. And he's right. That's the thing that well, sex is sort so of like. Well,
1: and, and I was just really bummed because I want I wanted I wanted to see uh whatever that satanic cult was going to do. Right.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. So I want to
1: see the again.
2: <laughs> yes. That was awesome. It's like sorry, I just got it from the last movie. <laughs> I just <laughs> uh, what have, that
5: would have been so awesome. Uh,
2: by the way, Chris, you wanted to, because I had to be paying attention to this because I knew you were going to be on the podcast, and you know you you always bring your A game with spotting the symbols and symbolism and imagery. And uh, so, the, I mean, the two obvious ones were circles and um, and mirrors. I kind of liked how they used the scene where they were doing the 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 cult or not doing the cult ritual, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, uh, at the yeah. lake where you yeah. actually have where they form a semicircle at the edge of the lake. So the semicircle is reflected in the lake to make a full circle. So they can kind of combine the the, the, the mirror image with the circle image.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I thought that was just sort of a neat uh, a neat touch to combine their two yeah the two recurring themes.
6: Yeah, it was, and, and,
2: <laughs> and just brought it all together in that moment.
6: Yeah, they really did. That was – I actually had made a note of that, so I'm glad that you brought that up because I was like, oh, yeah, I was going to mention that. Um, yeah, they did some really cool stuff with that, and they did cool stuff with, two. They did cool stuff with um, – like, there was a lot with, like, the bar – oh, gosh, I'm an idiot. You guys will probably know what these are called, though. You know the the bars that are, like, on a staircase, you yeah. know, and they're sort of hand-nails? like – the hand, no, the ones under the ones under the handrails, like the, ba- oh, the under the, ones... the, ba-
2: yeah, the up and down, yeah, the, the vertical the, the, ones. Yeah, I
3: don't know, know what
2: they Yeah,
1: the yeah I don't know if they have an official name.
2: Yeah. Oh, they but, have a name. Everything has a freaking name.
6: I just sure. don't know what Rail-rails? it is.
5: Well, anyway, those, like, we know don't what you are talking anyway. about. What about them, Chrissy? What about okay, them? Okay,
6: but the thing that was interesting was that there were a lot of them showing up in this. But they always seemed to show up when the cult people were kind of around. Hmm. You know, and I was like, that's interesting. Like, and, I, and I'm not quite sure what really cult
5: was people. They were just.
6: Yeah, stuff. I know. But still, maybe
2: they so... might have still been cult people. Maybe the cult people were real and the stairs weren't.
6: Yeah, I mean, who knows? <laughs> but I thought that was interesting because it almost suggested like some sort of prison or some sort of imposed like in other words, they were the ones who were going to sort of imprison her. Oh, no, 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 no.
5: What it was I got a Chrissy. I got a Chrissy. No, no, go, go, go. She she was in the prison looking out at the free people because she's the one that had made a prison of her in her head because she's mentally ill. Oh my God, that's
6: fucking so right Exactly. Yes, I go for that. It still wins. Yep, that totally makes sense
5: seriously you know i mean there you go
6: nope that makes sense yeah i mean she's
5: she's living in her own hell her own cell you know it's terrible Yeah,
6: yeah i just i just wish that things had been done a little bit differently like i said the ending didn't bother me because i could actually relate to it but i think as mike was saying i think um you know, some people are really going to be like "fuck you" with that ending, like Eric, and other people are going to be like, "Well, that's okay." But I think it all depends on your experience level. But like, you know it what? Personally, spoke to me in a way that it's probably but, not going to speak to a whole lot of people. So, it's you cold. know what they could have
5: done though is they could have chosen her because of her depression and all that stuff instead of just making her insane. In other words, they knew she's going insane, and maybe mm-hmm. she is a little insane, but. It, they could have had it both ways, I think.
4: Where there was
5: that. You know, and that's what I was—I would have been awesome. Because you could get yeah. all that
4: other stuff. That, that would have, have been have. awesome. That's exactly what I was thinking about it, too. Yeah. She's crazy they, and they're a cult. Right. They're, <laughs> they're, they're gaslighting her. Like like Rosemary's. And Rosemary's
6: well, baby. I gotta be honest.
1: You so give birth to the devil's child.
6: At the end of this, when she. Um, at the very end of this, when they all came into the barn and saw her, right, after yep. her husband was killed, her, I was like, oh, my God, they are a cult. Yes. I thought that for a second. And then when it didn't happen, I was kind of disappointed.
5: Yeah, right when I saw that, they, then they showed the cop car. So I was like, ah, oh. so he is dead, and they're, they're taking her away to, in a paddy wagon to a mental institution. But, but then I she's thought... back in America. <laughs> but I think that's all in her head. I think it's all fake.
4: Oh, that that could be, yeah
5: yeah, yeah you know, that be, could be, be too because her husband's back alive and we saw him die assuming that actually happened and then well, and we saw his gravestone twin, too and then there's two twin. what was that chrissy
6: they they show us his gravestone deliberately
5: yeah yeah right right and then they yeah that's true and then they show the 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 real elliot and nathan in the back seat and and everybody's happy and it's like she finally snapped to the point where she made She's a happy probably sitting place in a padded room. Yeah, exactly.
1: Well, well
0: that's actually, what
5: they should have done. They should have showed the padded room.
6: I, that kind could, of, see,
1: that, I would have gotten behind that ending. Yeah. Yeah I, could, yeah, I could too.
6: I almost thought that the cult members of the town at one point, too, like when the husband was explaining things to her and he was saying, Oh, you miss Elliot, I almost thought that maybe. They weren't even in Finland. That they were at some like he actually had her committed, and all those people that she was seeing were actually like the orderlies and the doctors and shit. And they were like,
1: also would have been a better ending.
6: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that this movie could or could have done with an ending. Um, If we think about it, this movie right now, how many possible endings did we just name? What, like three or four? Like.
5: but the problem is is that they they created this awesome world with with that exposition moment about the circles everything circles here including the the farmland and the buildings and the lake and so it's like oh my god this is pretty awesome and and then they they show the picture of it and then they 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 show the 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 picture and then actually the the kid in the coffin at, at the ritual it's like this is going to be awesome this is the best movie <laughs> ever and then it's like oh, those how could they put Create that entire world and then just flush it down the toilet. Well,
6: yeah, like I said, no I, yeah, I, I didn't have a problem with the ending because I was able to sort of um, maybe understand it on a little but, bit. of. But uh, like you said, Chrissy, it could have been level. the Wicker Man. It could have been the Wicker Man. But you know what? Like <laughs> I, I said, <laughs> I sort of appreciated that it kind of was different. Mm. That was the other reason. But, I but, liked but, this movie, but, but it was, I, uh, I kind of liked you know, that it was sort of all different, and I didn't really know what the but fuck. The ended, it but was. I, it wasn't different.
1: That's the yeah, problem. Phil, 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 I'm going to cut you off here. I agree with everything you're saying, Phil. But it's okay for Christy to like the movie.
5: Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and I did. I still
2: think it was awesome until yeah. That well, point let's ended. put it this way. Hold on. I think if we, if we got to the end, let's let this. Let, let, and and we found out that all along was the Grays. Phil would be. Orgasming all over the film, and the rest of us, and I would be stupid. like, "What
6: the fuck?" <laughs>
2: exactly,
6: that, and that and, and that that's kind of awesome.
2: a, that, that's kind of what's happening here. I Eric, think it's Eric, just that that Chrissy Eric, Chrissy got an ending that had a spoke to her personally. Honestly, and, and, and even though as she admits, it doesn't entirely they didn't connect the dots very well. It didn't. No, it Eric, really didn't. Eric, it's the Grays,
5: and that would have been a better ending. No, oh, no, 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 that would have been Phil. even less justified. <laughs> but it didn't. They didn't go with the Grays. I still love
6: you anyway, Phil. Though.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, no!
5: They should have
6: had it. The, they should have had it
5: the Soviets because it was right at the border, and they were doing oh, all Soviet experiments. my
0: experiments
5: I'm just saying it to be funny because the, all these silly endings, you know. But, but
2: but also examples of endings that would have appealed purely to Phil, and and would have made it a more enjoyable now, movie. Actually, to him. the
5: only ending that really would have made me is if they went full satanic cult, like they told us they were going until the very end.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I want that too. Yeah, Yeah, me too.
6: Well, but it's kind of funny because like, you know, you talk about personal choice for me, once it starts going into the satanic cult realm, I usually get really fucking bored and go, all right, I've seen this movie a million times. I don't need to see the rest. Yeah, but it was circles. I just don't even bother. I'm like, all right. But it was Circles. The, oh, and all that. oh shit! It was circles. Bad we bad all know the squares are behind bad. it all. <laughs> and, and and the kid in the coffin and it was,
5: all, it, it was just like, oh my god, this is all new. It's it wasn't like like ah, oh, they're just doing the same old, same old satanic cult crap. I thought it was all new. Like like pulling out that paper and her showing the the the, um, the, the property lines and all that is like, oh my god, that's awesome. This is original. I love it. Yeah,
0: it was all fake.
5: Yeah. I know, <laughs> but I see your point, Chrissy. It, the satanic films, yeah, they, they burned out quick. Similar to Exorcist films burned out, and then found footage burned out, and then zombies burned out. But I felt this one—zombies on its way back. So. But, but but I felt this one here was original enough with, with all that weird shit because it wasn't just the cult. It was how she, the old woman was putting it together. And Yeah. A, oh, my God. Well, it was so and funny.
6: that's what I said. I don't – I mean, I think this movie – I mean, there's a lot of interesting shit to talk about. There's a lot of stuff to sort of kind of figure it out on your own. I still – I mean, if I had to compare this to The Cellar, and even though I really enjoyed The Cellar – I think I liked this one more.
3: I so I, I like this one. Well, I did too. I like this one better than the seller.
6: And I and I liked the seller a lot. I, I had I really liked the seller. Yeah, that was good so thing. you know that was a very good film. But I guess what the point is too. I think part of what our listeners rely on us to do also is to kind of tell them like, because especially with shutter and Netflix and things like that. And I know that you guys, we've all talked about that to get this together before there's also a lot of crap on shutter and Netflix. So part of our job is to say, okay, well, if you have a list of stuff on shutter, um, which ones are the ones that might actually be worth your time to form your own opinion instead of watching something that's really awful.
5: Right. Right. No, and no, no, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. And and um, you know, as, as Kevin said, and I said, and, and you said, Chrissy, you know, we, we liked it better than the cellar, and the cellar was a damn good film. So um, I, I actually thought this was going to be better than the cursed. I thought this was going to be one of the
4: best too. horror
5: films I ever saw in my entire life. Same I mean, here. Yeah. So so it, it's a pretty damn good film, even if it had some some things that bothered some of us uh, on this podcast with the ending, you
0: know?
6: Well, yeah. And I mean, you know, it's like, I think we all know you guys have been watching move a lot more movies than I have your whole lives, but you know, a lot of times there's never going to be that perfect movie. And it's just a question of your tolerance. Like what you as a viewer handle, if if that isn't going to make you crazy, like, you know what I mean? So yeah, but yeah. I think in terms of like, is this worth your couple of hours on Shutter? If you're cruising through Shutter, going fuck, what do I want to watch? Yeah, this one's a, this one's well, a perfectly good val- This one's a perfectly valid choice. It, it doesn't totally suck, you know. Well, let, let's let's
2: preface this with saying that sometimes you know you're in the mood for tater tots and you're not in the mood for a nutritious healthy meal, and in that case, the tater tots are you know perfectly fine. Uh, but <laughs> A lot of ketchup and salt, too. Though. That's good. But uh, but my, my point to that was that if you uh, – a couple of months ago, uh, what was it, December, when the new 38th sequel to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which was made for Netflix, came out. Yep. Everybody was talking about it on social media and in the horror circles, and everybody had to watch it either because they had to watch it because of the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre or just to find out what everybody was talking about. And it was really as awesome slash awful as everybody was saying. I think this is a way more, and I didn't mind that movie, but it was, you know what it was that those were the tater tots. And sometimes you're in the mood for tater tots. Yeah. But I think a movie like this, as much as I really feel the ending was, was horribly disappointing and horribly, even if it wasn't, uh, even if they had justified the ending, the fact that they, over explained the ending.
6: Yeah, right? I had uh, a problem with that father's speech. It was I, just
2: too much. I
6: had I've been to
2: church services that lasted less time than his explanation. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Father Dorson was notorious for getting out of church in less than 30 minutes. Um but uh yeah, that, so so even if it was just a good a good idea. It was ter- I think it was not well executed. Yeah. I think the first mm-hmm. hour to hour and fifteen minutes of this movie are yeah. way more interesting than Texas Chainsaw Massacre seventy eight.
1: I'll agree with that.
2: And and therefore, now you can. Add, you know, I think that's if you are going to waste your time on a movie that you might not like, I think you should take a shot on something like this than on something else absolutely yeah. and it's definitely more interesting it's a much much more interesting much more stuff to chew about chew on and some people it is really going to connect and i think now you already heard what we talked about satanism cult horror unreliable
4: narrator
2: so you already know what kind of movie it is and you can go and you said you know what that that's I don't hear anything about aliens, monsters, uh, zombies, vampires, whatever. You say, that's not my kind of movie. Okay, then that's you move on. But if anything in those various overlapping subgenres appeals to you, maybe this is a movie that connects with you the way it does with Chrissy. Yeah. Because we, I think we all admit that first hour-ish connects with all of us.
6: Yeah. I and, and mean, it,
2: I and thought it, the first oh, hour was really good. And yeah, I, was, I would, yeah. I would, I would and say, the
5: I would say an hour and fifteen minutes, all the way to to when she wakes up, finds the kid in the attic, and they flee to the forest. So that was that was actually about an hour and fifteen minutes, and that was still awesome.
2: But continuing, I'm sorry. So then it's just a matter of we know they hit a triple. Did they make it home? And some of us think they were out at home. Chrissy thinks they made it across the plate. Right.
6: <laughs> yeah, and like I said, I think too. You know, we've often talked about viewers bringing their own experiences to things. And I think that if you have had um, a major traumatic loss of some kind where you really did feel at some point like I have lost my fucking mind, but you didn't see it until afterward. If you've specifically been in that situation, then when you get to that ending, that ending is definitely not going to bother you because you're going to understand it. And you're going to be like, oh, my God. Okay, yeah, I was there once. Like, literally, I was like, oh, my God, I was there once. Like, And it was funny because when she was standing there at the gravestone of her husband, at the end, I said, you know what? She's going to get back in the car, and the husband and the two kids are going to be in there. Oh, yeah. Uh, Totally. And also the fact that she had blood on her hands, you know, which was a nice little kind of Lady Macbeth type of reference you know, um in Macbeth, you know Lady Macbeth says they have the her and Macbeth have this whole blood on her hands com you know it's a it's an allusion to lady Macbeth um because while Macbeth was suffering from guilt, you know she essentially was sort of suffering from I was an accessory to this murder of Duncan, and it, Whereas in Macbeth, Lady Macbeth, she sees the blood in her hands because it's a result of her own actions. And so that is also a connection to or reinforces as a symbol as, you know, that, hey, this is all in her head. So even with a simple little thing like showing the blood in her hands and the allusion to Macbeth, that right there says, okay, yeah, this woman's doing it to herself. So that is kind of what signaled to me. She was going to get in the car and they were all going to be there. Right, right. Um, but yeah, so that's right, Eric. Did Did you get that one? That That was the one that I forgot. I knew I was leaving one out.
1: No, no.
6: <laughs> I try to make a list. Well, I, t- I do try to make a list <laughs> so that I don't forget stuff, but. Yeah, I liked that. But like you guys said, I think there's a lot to chew on here, and, and I totally agree with Eric. I definitely think some people are going to get to the end and just be like, what the fuck did I just watch, and I got cheated. So just be aware of that and maybe assess what kind of movie you would like before you know you spend your time on it. But I still think – I have watched some terrible crap on Shudder. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I yeah. really have so like as far as like their selection, there's, there's I think a,
1: there's a bunch of it. Of and, and and to be fair, and to be fair, I'm not calling this movie terrible crap. Uh, there there are many good facets of this movie. It just ultimately left me disappointed.
2: Yep, this and, is a this is a nice effort, but yeah, um, I would agree. And 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 yeah, no, we've talked a lot about Shutter lately. We've been watching some Shutter lately, and it's you know Shutter has the the problem of that it is it is uh largely confined to uh film festival fare for better or worse yeah. uh and it does not always mean it's going to be a bad thing uh but you know they're not going to get you know something like a quiet place you know they they just don't have the money for that uh i think generally speaking you you're, you're going to get some crap and let's be honest horror fans some of us <laughs> really like our schlock
6: yes yes there is
2: there and I've said this since the beginning of the podcast, you are when you enjoy everyone enjoys the good movies. It's when you enjoy the bad ones that you know you're a fan of the genre. Right. So if yeah. you're one of those people that enjoys the shitty Hallmark Christmas movies. Congratulations. You're a fan of that genre. And the rest of us don't understand. Same as somebody looks at us watching Friday the 13th, part 19 and say, <laughs> how can you enjoy that? And we're going, what are you saying? It's awesome. <laughs> you know? That's how you know you're a fan of that genre.
6: Well, right? that's and how so- I know I'm a fan of found footage because I will watch the worst found footage shit ever made and just love it to fucking death, no matter how bad Did it is. Did
1: you watch that documentary,
3: Lilith? Christine?
6: I started it, um... Right. And I am planning on finishing it when we get off tonight because I have been chomping at the bit all day to watch this documentary. And I was like, I'm going to sit here with my glass of wine and, you know, and watch it. And I started it, and so far I'm really happy with what I'm seeing. I'm like, oh, this is going to be good.
1: Yeah, I put it on I, while I was working today. They got some good interviews.
6: Yeah, I'm really excited about it. Um, And I've been – I've actually – it's so funny because I have been – uh waiting for it for, like, months. Like, I think I found an announcement about it, like, either last year or earlier this year, and I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Like, I couldn't wait. Like, the second they had a drop date, I put it on my calendar with a big red heart and all this crap. So, yeah, I am a loser. I will watch the worst found footage shit in the entire world and enjoy it. So I'm not throwing stones at anybody. (laughs) Like, it's like, you know. I could tell you which found footage definitely not to watch because I've seen so much of it that sucks. Um, but yeah. Uh, That's I love like it. Eric with Shark Films.
2: No, there Eric gave up on those I'm, I'm recovering.
0: Okay.
3: Are but you a recovering from that?
1: I did watch the most awful shark movie at the beginning of the year.
3: Oh, what was it?
1: Oh, God. It had a French title. Uh, oh, Scary
5: of Sharky First? Oh, oh it was a foreign <laughs> language film?
1: No, it was English language. It's called uh The Requin.
6: Uh, oh, I had that on my list.
1: It actually started oh, with yeah. Silverstone. Um was bad, 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 bad. Yeah, by the way,
2: my my point was not to knock the shitty horror films and and get everyone to confess oh, what I shitty know. horror films I enjoy watching. So I guess what I forgot meant to say and then I lost my point in my rambling, which surprise, was uh was was that? It's the shitty films that give them the catalog that allows them to also support yeah. the films like this and right. the cellar and and other stuff. And you do have some. What do they have now? They have um, like a lot of the giallos now. They have some of the the, the French extreme horror. They they invest. Yeah, yeah, in they got a lot of stuff
5: too now.
2: Yeah. So um, so they can do Those you know, they used to have so uh, you know, and they rotate them in and out. You think they, they can't keep the rights of them forever, but they give you a chance and give fans a chance to catch up on shit they might not otherwise seen. If 20 years ago, how would we have discovered this or the seller or uh cursed,
6: right? Never, it, probably it yeah. would have been
2: hard. Uh, inst- we, we we take for granted just how much a boon uh streaming has been and. Shutter puts it all in one place for all of us to just make it easier for us to find. Yeah, no. it's like elementary school for pedophiles. <laughs> oh, for
6: Christ's sake. oh my god!
4: just wow. horrible.
2: That's fucking
6: that oh, awesome, but funny. I'll take it. Oh my god. Um, Eric, I will say one of the worst shark movies <laughs> I watched was last year, and I actually had to buy it because you could not rent it at the time it came out.
2: Oh no. Oh,
6: Aqu- aquarium of the dead!
1: Oh my god,
6: it is so <sighs> fucking bad. If you like Shark to- uh, Sharknado, awesome, you probably like that. Oh my god, it is laughably stupid. Like
1: no, means- I bailed. I bailed on the shark movies around three headed shark. Um, <laughs> I watched that one, but I did not watch five headed shark, nor did I watch six headed shark.
5: Yeah, but three headed shark has a great cast.
2: Has like Kurt <laughs> or something.
6: Have boobs. I wouldn't call that a yeah,
2: great yeah. cast. Yeah, that's, that's what Phil means by are. cast.
6: He, he means he, he means there's What he boobs, means is
2: that
1: she's people. in a bikini the whole
0: yeah, movie.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah
5: Fair enough that you you, you got me uh, dead to rights. <laughs>
1: <laughs> An award winning actress, she is not.
5: That is true as well. That is true as well. Um, all right. Uh, anything else about,
6: um, uh,
5: this twin, anything, anyone?
6: No, I right. think I'm all set. I'm good. Right,
5: I'm good. So, uh, we, we can uh, give our final thoughts on that, but before we do, uh, we, I guess we have some time to see what we've been watching and things of that nature. So, uh, Eric, what do you got?
1: Um, I got, let me pull up my letterbox here. Um, I watched. Let's see, I watched a movie, another movie on Shudder called "The Sadness." Uh, we're going to be talking about it on the podcast last, next week, but I won't. I won't say too much other than I really enjoyed it, and also just about every trigger warning you can imagine applies to that movie.
2: I um I heard two <laughs> reviews of it that were one sentence reviews. That I will not share, because if I were to share it, it would set people's expectations absurdly high. But yeah. when, when Ro-
5: RogerEbert.com uh, reviewed it, believe it or not.
2: And and my point being that it, the reviews are good, and we'll just leave it there, and we're going to talk about it next week. So if you have Shudder, watch it and come back.
1: Yes. Right. Um, then, uh, when Dan and Susie were over last weekend, we watched The Innocents, uh, which is Norwegian, I believe and uh, okay,
5: Swedish yeah.
1: Swedish <laughs> <laughs> I I really really like it Oh, liked you mean the it. black black and white one? No, no, no. Oh, uh, no. it's a new one. new it's a brand new movie. It just came out. Yeah. It's um, Sweden. I'm
2: pretty sure they're all white.
1: <laughs> it just it just got released in the US uh for digital rental. <laughs> oh for Christ's <laughs> sake. Um <laughs> <that's> hilarious. <laughs> I'm trying to ignore it and move on.
0: <laughs> <Uh-oh>.
1: <laughs> no, but it's a story about uh some children um, who suddenly start to discover um, some new abilities that they did not have previously. Uh, and it's a slow burn, uh, but ultimately ended up being a really good movie, and I recommend it.
2: At the end, did they get to combine and form Voltron? Uh,
1: well, watch the movie.
2: So, um, so Eric, so it could be an episode, then, eh?
1: I'd do an episode, on, yeah. yeah all right.
5: We'll keep that one on
1: yeah. Um, And then my streak came to an end. Uh, oh, <laughs> went God. to the theater to see Firestarter. Uh,
6: oh, I heard so many bad things about it. Not yeah, like that shot at all It doesn't. But
1: it's not all bad. Um, I mean the the girl they had playing Charlie was fine. Um, it looked good. Uh, but man, did they botch the adaptation? Um, it was just pretty did awful had, as far as did the Did have ice went.
2: powers?
5: right yeah not that bad it is Norwegian, it is Norwegian.
1: Yeah. Okay. Anyways, sorry. so yeah, it's a Norwegian I adaptation of
5: Firestarter so they're all
0: sweet
1: yeah so I, I can't full, wholeheartedly recommend Firestarter um, if it shows up for free on a streaming service and you're curious maybe check it out but I wouldn't pay money for it like I did it's
5: already on a streaming service
1: oh yeah the fake streaming service um, is it Peacock? or? I have no respect for Peacock. I don't know why. Its existence just bugs me. Uh, <laughs> I have no rational explanation for it has, about that.
2: Because it has cock in the title?
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, yeah, it's the only the thing song. I watched was uh, what we just talked about and then that uh, documentary on found footage that uh, Christy and I were just talking about. Was that good? Yeah, I'd recommend. it. Yeah, if you're if you're into that kind of thing, check it out. It's on Shudder.
5: Right, very good. All right, so let's uh, go with you, Mike. What do you got?
2: Yeah, well, I haven't watched much. Uh keeping up with Better Call Saul, and its final season, it's one episode away from the mid-season finale. But this is a thing where they, they the split is like by a month and a half. And it seems like it's going to be an appropriate place to split. So it's not going to be it's sort of like, you know, back in the day when they would take like a winter hiatus around Christmas. Uh, and so it's going to be about five or six weeks between uh, episodes, I think seven and eight of its final season. And so by September, I think the whole thing, uh, if not August, the whole thing should be done. Uh, it's still a great show. Uh, and then I also went on Saturday night, I went to uh, Hawthorne, New Jersey to see the world premiere of what will surely be uh an oscar nominee uh for this year and uh that is attack of the killer chickens uh which stars just about every um as, you know, Convention's convention uh, actor or actress no 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 i wouldn't say convention actor because they it stars two convention actors uh and those are the the names in the film uh one of which is um I'm blanking on his name. American uh, Werewolf in London. Um, David Naughton uh, in like a one-two minute scene before he's attacked and killed by puppet chickens, uh, puppet turkeys rather. I oh, don't no, puppet chickens. Why did I say turkeys? It's Attack of the Killer Chickens, not Attack of the Killer Turkeys. That's a completely different film. Uh, no, it's it's really like dealing with your, your, your really low local horror film regulars. Um, it's direct. It's the directorial debut of uh, Genevieve Rossi who's done. Um, something like 100 low-budget horror films and is uh, uh, a sort of a below-the-title Scream Queen, I guess, in her own right. And I've just gotten to know her a little bit from conventions, and so I went out to support her. And it's, it's an interesting film, uh, if that's the kind of thing that you're in for. Uh, but it's obviously not something meant to be taken seriously because the movie is called Attack of the Killer Chickens. And it's a spoof... Of movies like Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, which itself was a spoof of other genre movies to begin with. Um it's it's kind of it's very all over the place. Some of it lands, some of it doesn't. Uh I had fun just because it was going to the premiere and most of the actors were there and uh, you know, you know, got an autographed poster and, and what have you. But uh, you know, I want to give them some promotion. It's available to rent for I think five dollars on uh Amazon Prime or on uh not voodoo. Um Vimeo? Vimeo. Vimeo, and uh, that's a temporary price before it eventually goes up to its full price of whatever is going to be the normal full rental price for films on on those channels, so those services. So anyway, so I saw that. It's a little weird. It's a little bizarre. If you want to see people being killed by puppet chickens, then I guess you could do that. Anything else, Mike? Uh, No, I think that was about it.
5: All right, sounds good. Uh, Barrett, what do you got?
4: Uh, what do I have? Uh, I watched Firestarter as well. Um, I mean, I'm close to where Eric's at on that. Uh, I, there were things I really enjoyed about it, and then there were other things that I did not enjoy as much. Um, if
5: I could hit to check for a second, it was funny, too, because uh, uh, you said when you were watching it, you were saying, actually, this is actually looking pretty good, and I never bothered following up with you, and now I guess you watched the rest of it, and it was like, ugh.
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I texted you that in the beginning and, you know, it was starting to look OK and then it kind of took a turn. And yeah, the adaptation, I don't know. I don't remember the book well enough um, to say how close it is there. Like I said, there's things I like, things I don't like. I think the acting was pretty well done. That's probably the the best part of the movie and the girl that is in it is that plays the um, young girl is really, really good. She plays Charlie. Um, and then what else? I've just been watching, like, Star Trek, uh, Strange New World, and stuff like that. Nothing else big.
5: All right, sounds good. Uh, Mr. Latz. what do you got?
3: Uh, well, let's see. I've been uh, well, I was still watching The Chosen, uh, waiting for the next season to come up, and I just finished the fifth season of Peaky Blinders on Netflix. And really, that's about it, because I've been just busy with actually just running and work. All
4: right, sounds good. Uh right, Christy, what do you
6: got? Sorry. Um, I basically have pretty much nothing because... I've been so damn busy, so I watched The Twin again um, for this podcast this week, um, and then I re-watched The Perfect Storm, which I haven't seen in a long time, and oh. I was just kind of in the mood to pull that out and watch it. I, I'm
4: addicted to that movie. I, once, I love it, once, it. Every once in a while, just because there's something about it, even though it's I've like they don't know it. it. Is it worth watching? Well, oh, I liked it. Yeah, yeah I, liked I like it a lot, cool. yeah. Yeah, it's pretty and, good.
6: And you know, what's really cool is if you if you do actually own the DVD, um, there are three commentaries on that film. And one of them is with Sebastian Younger, who wrote the book. And it's fascinating. It is one of the most fascinating commentaries to the point where, like, when I'm cleaning and I have nothing to listen to, I'm like, oh, I'll listen to Sebastian Younger again talk about The Perfect Storm. Because <laughs> he explains everything in the movie in terms of, like, well, in the fishing industry, this is what they're doing here and blah, blah, blah. And it's just, it's fascinating. Um so, yeah, so I pulled that out again and I watched that a couple times this week and I'll probably just leave it on while I'm cleaning, you know, because it ends. It's one of those where it ends and then I go, oh, shit. And then I start it over again. Um, I don't know. There's just something really amazing about it. And uh, it's a really well done movie and it's a beautiful film. And, it, Eric, I definitely would highly recommend it if you've never seen it. It's got a great cast. The acting is incredible. Um, Cool. No,
1: check out. Dan loves to watch disaster movies with me, so I'll probably check it out with him.
6: Oh yeah, yeah. That that is a winner. You definitely. I really like
4: the final the final line of it too. Just uh, yeah. When they're when they're doing his voice and the ship is heading out. But is it better than
2: Moonfall?
6: Oh yes, (laughs) I watched Moonfall. Did I? Oh God, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Oh God, I'm sorry too. I, I my husband and I rented it. And we're sitting there, and I'm like, I'm digging this. I'm digging this. And then it goes to this weird, you know, it just goes off the rails. And I look (laughs) at Nathan, and I go, what the fuck? And he goes, okay, well, at this point, we have to watch it because we rented it. But, like, yeah, I'm sitting there. What the fuck? Like, How far into that did you
2: think they got by the time you got to the what the fuck? Because I was like about three minutes in, I think. No, <laughs> was just... I
6: was I was enjoying it actually and going with it up until it's like, Hi, I'm this fake computer image and you and we're gonna talk about the alien race that came to settle the planet or whatever. I mean, I was kind of with them actually up until they really did the whole alien race thing. Then I was like, <laughs> hey, I'm done. <laughs> like, the even the electronic planet or the planet that was a ship, all right, I was sort of okay. I was like, okay, that was well, i the moon. bizarre. The moon, right. I'm like, well, that's kind of bizarre, <laughs> but that's a little, that's okay. My, all right. My and then favorite- you're like, and it was built by alien people that, and I was like, oh, fuck. And my husband goes, oh, fuck this shit. Like, he was just like, fuck this shit. And I was like, you know, okay. And I said, well, we should turn it off. And he goes, no, because now I've given like an hour and something of my fucking life to this film. I'm not getting back on my know
1: how it ends, yeah.
6: See the craptastic ending is the way he <laughs> So
2: I, I would suggest you have him look up uh, Google search Fallacy of Sunk Costs. Oh I've already wasted an hour of my life. I'm God damn it, I'm gonna waste two.
1: No, but my favorite moment of that movie is when Halle Berry is trying to convince Patrick Wilson to go try and help save the earth. Um and and he says, I I don't know, I got a lot of stuff going on down here. And she just looks at him and goes is the moon falling on the earth? Not one of them. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Lines like that are just—they doom a movie. That's for sure. Yeah.
6: Oh god! <sighs> oh my god! Yeah, that was it, bad. So yeah, so I watched Moonfall.
4: I gotta between... get this nuclear bomber. They'll have my ass.
6: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um and the Perfect Storm. Oh, and I also watched an episode of. Make It Out Alive, which is on the Smithsonian channel. Um, But you can – this one is season one, episode one, and it's the Mount St. Helens episode. Uh, And it's really well done. And if anybody's interested, you can rent it for $1.99 on Amazon. Or you can rent it – no, I think you have to buy it for $1.99. But for $1.99, I just bought it because I'll watch it again. But that is very interesting because they actually go into – some reenactments and some of the things that the survivors may have faced. um, And the reenactments are done very well. So if you're into that kind of thing, um, whatever, I highly recommend that. So that's what I watched this week. And now my next adventure is this found footage thing that I can't wait to get to.
2: I'm just going to say say if you get to a purchase price of $1.99 and you're saying, I don't know, I think I want a rental price, then I think you have bigger issues to worry about. All right. Um so, all right, I forgot
5: get, um so did you, have you played any uh, Resident Evil Village recently? No. Yeah. Well, well speaking of video games, uh what I did um I, I bought uh <laughs> Slender Slender uh which is which is a Slenderman game because uh the kids um saw something on on YouTube about Slenderman and so oh yeah yeah so so I downloaded the game and and so we're playing it. Uh it's really good. Um it's uh very it's it's cheap. And it downloads Isn't that quick.
1: Terrifying for your kids.
5: Well, they they like Halloween stuff. Yeah, oh, so, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, it, it's it was easy to download too. So, it mustn't have that much code. But it looks really good. And um, so we're we're playing, and, and the kids go, "Oh my god, there he is! He's on top of the hill in the business. Look, bug!" And then then, "Oh my god, he's right behind us!" And so while we're playing. Um, or I, I'm playing and watching, um, I, w- I would say, oh, my God, you take over. And I try to hand them, and they go, no, 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 I don't want
0: to touch it, no, no. So they, they had a
5: blast. <laughs> it's, it, yeah, yeah. And, and my oldest daughter goes and hides behind the chair and stuff. So um, it's a really good game, very suspenseful, very um, uh, mysterious. It's got the horror elements. Um, it was on sale for only, like, Two bucks, I think, and, and it's usually like a twenty dollar game. Uh so uh, I highly recommend there. And Sunderman is, is one of the coolest monsters uh as well. Um and that's pretty much all I've been doing except for um playing oh and playing playing, you know, small video games like Stratego uh against the computer and stuff like that. Um so yeah, <laughs> Um, All right, so I guess we can get into our final thoughts on uh, the film we reviewed tonight, uh, The Twin, Uh, but before we do that, uh, Eric, you actually do another podcast with your buddy Dan.
1: I do. It's a general interest podcast called The Eskency Podcast. That's spelled A-S-K-A-N-C-I-T-Y. You can find it wherever you got this one. Excellent.
5: And uh, Mike, you, me, and Eric uh,
2: sometimes do another podcast? Uh yeah, that is cinema a la carte in which you Eric and I take turns choosing movies that are not dark discussions horror genre related films that are personal favorites of ours and talk about them on a uh, semi-monthly basis. Baseless? <laughs> basis. We well, well,
5: you know what you're about. All right, sounds good. Uh Barrett, uh mm-hmm. me and you with a rotating group of uh uh, co- uh guest co hosts uh do another podcast.
4: Yeah, Halloween boutique psychotronic reviews. Um, we are a little bit on hiatus right now, but we're coming back in June for LGBTQ month.
5: That's right, and uh, we'll be doing a uh, uh, art house lesbian films. Uh, probably four of them, uh, one a week. Why so, does it uh, seem like you're <laughs> always doing art house lesbian <laughs>
1: films about gay men? <laughs>
5: um. Well, yeah. I mean, Brokeback Mountain was a great film, but I would think I would save that for maybe Cinema A la Carte. But but we we, we prefer to do. Uh, the mm. zero sex when,
1: mm, when it comes to...
0: Mm,
6: Phil mm. just wants to see women fucking, and he doesn't care.
1: Well, I know that, Christy. That's what I'm trying to make fun of him <laughs> for.
5: <laughs> well, at least we're doing... He house. chooses <laughs> all
4: the movies. That's what I gotta say.
5: <laughs> we could
6: have been doing
5: house <laughs> lesbian films, but we, yeah, we're, we're sticking with the... Art house you know what
6: there. movie you guys gotta do is One-Eyed Monster. Uh, <laughs> all right, well... That's,
4: that's I have point. never heard of that. It's okay,
6: it, the, is, it, is, it is, it is, it is a, good. who's the big porn star, but it's literally about killer penises from outer space. Ron, Ron, Ron Jeremy. Jeremy? Now, now Ron Jeremy, yes. we was porn. We got to move on. So, uh,
4: <laughs> uh Bill doesn't want to talk
6: about Dick,
5: <laughs> uh, I guess. Like, you, Barrett, and Sean Fox uh, probably wrapped up the, the podcast for season one uh, by the time people hear this.
2: Yeah, the last episode of uh, uh, Cortana's Communiques, which is uh, going to be focusing on the last episode of Halo, Halo Episode 9, One-Eyed Monster. Um, You can listen to that uh, sometime in the next uh, five or six days. Uh, And uh, I have a funny feeling, uh, I I haven't watched the last episode yet, but I have heard from someone who has, and it sounds uh, like I have a, like we, we, it's going exactly where some of us thought it was going. And, uh, that is not necessarily a good or bad thing. It is just a thing. And, uh, anyway, it is coming back for a second season. The podcast probably will too. And, uh, hopefully you can join us.
5: <laughs> yep. Absolutely. So, uh, check out, uh, Cortana's communiques as well. Now I was going to, and do our round about on our final thoughts on the twin. So let's start with you, Chrissy.
6: Um, I recommend this movie. I think it has a little something for everybody. I think it's interesting. Um, I felt that, um, definitely, uh, I mean, I pretty much gave all my thoughts during the show, but I really thought this was good and definitely worth your time. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to give it a thumbs up and say I'm going to recommend it. And just be aware that the ending might be a little disappointing for you. But if you've gotten this far, then you already know what the surprise ending is. So, whatever. Okay. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, anyway. All right. Sounds good. I missed the let's.
3: Yeah, this is this was a good movie. I mean, yes, I know a lot of people were disappointed with the ending. I was not as disappointed with the ending as uh a lot of the rest of the co stars here and I mean that's obviously fine. My whole thing with this movie is see it it was it's still worth a watch. It's still worth a watch because the the first part of the movie was still very good, still very worth it um and it it's even though, like we said, we were complaining about the, the the last part the the rest of the movie is good enough to make up for it
5: all right sounds good uh yeah for me um yeah, the eighty percent of this film was was absolutely amazing um had it stuck uh to what I was hoping um this could have been one of the best horror films I've seen in the last decade uh but unfortunately because of um uh what we discussed. Um it's it's just a good film. Uh that could have been great. Uh so I, I would recommend it, uh for sure because it is a pretty awesome film. Though so, um as Eric will, will, will state, um the, the all that unfortunately um that happens before the ending may not be even you know we wasted our time some people would think so it, it just uh, as Kersey said you know be be aware and uh maybe maybe you'll like it a whole lot or not so uh uh but i would recommend it uh eric uh
1: yeah there are good things about this film uh the ending kind of ruined it for me personally uh but i would still recommend giving it a watch if you have shudder um because uh Outside of this podcast, I've also heard differing opinions. It seems to be about 50 50 uh, whether this is going to work for you or not. Uh, and if not, it's still a well made film. Uh, so it's not like total garbage. It just didn't work for me personally. Uh, so I would actually recommend giving it a watch if you already have a Shutter subscription.
5: And uh, what was curious, uh, Eric, is that uh, sure enough, uh, it's right now at 50% on Rotten Tomatoes. So so there you go. So people agree exactly with what you just said. Um, All right, let's go with you, uh, Barrett.
4: Yeah, I really like this film. Uh, There are some things that I think are flaws, um, but it's really fun to watch. And most of it is really, really well. Well, it's all really, really well done. It's just going to be whether you like the twist at the end or not.
2: All right. Sounds good. Mike. Yeah, first of all, I want to congratulate us all for being far too mature to point out that the title of the movie sounds like something you would have seen in a solo theater on Forty Second Street back in the seventies. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think the weird thing is, as i think thinking about it, this is a movie that I didn't really care for. I don't think I could recommend, but I still might end up putting it on my top twenty list for the year. <laughs> so that, that gives you an idea how weird it is. Uh, screw, uh, screwed up it is it is it is entirely. said the, the is entirely the last act that that sabotages the film for me. Uh, I think the rest of it is pretty solid um, and solid in, in, some really good ways. It's got some, uh, like we say, great visuals and uh, performances and some creepy moments. And then the ending is what it is. So yeah, take that for what you will. We hope we have confused you on this review. All right. Sounds good.
5: So uh, once again, the film is called the twin a 2022 film uh from uh Finland. Uh, it's on shutter uh English language film, uh with some Finnish but minimal. Um the f- film stars Teresa Palmer, uh as as the pretty much the, the main lead, uh with Stephen Cray, Barbara Martin and Tristan rugeri as uh the sporting cast. Uh film is directed by Tanelli Mustan. Screenplay was by him as well co-written by the producer Alexi Hiver and um, the film can as Eric mentioned be found on Shudder and pretty much uh, yeah, uh, take a chance especially if you have a Shudder why not so uh, with all that stated Eric why don't you lead us out
1: alright thanks for tuning in let's talk about the twin come back next time we'll have another topic